It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once a week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. And hello, world. Spencer Stoner is out this evening, but behind the big board is Rob Nault. Hello, hello, hello. And I, your not-so-humble host of all things Pop Culture Kaboom, Jimmy Jones, are here. Tonight we will give you everything you want, everything you need from pop culture entertainment with the latest news and information from the past week. And sneak peeks at releases coming out for the next week, uh, next week, literally, next week. Whether you consider Sunday the end of your week or the beginning of it, go into Monday, the best informed person you know, as we provide you with the latest news, information, and releases from television, comic books, movies, novels, cons and events, toys and collectibles, and games. The Pop Culture Boom radio show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. We will be joined by Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's horrible reviews to go over the movies set to release this coming week. And we have two special guests this evening. We'll be talking with Kurt Zauer about the creation of KG Comics, the flagship title... Spectris and Sabinian. I think I completely messed those up, but uh, he'll correct me on those, I'm sure. Right. Uh, what's next for KG Comics? And we'll also be discussing, you know, this close to Halloween. I shouldn't be messing stuff up like that. <laughs> <laughs> like conjure something. Discussing Kurt Zauer's latest Kickstarter launch for Ruxy Vampire and all the Kickstarter tiers and perks you can obtain. We'll be talking with Sandy King Carpenter about producing legendary director John Carpenter's return to directing with the horror anthology Suburban Screams, which is available right now on Peacock. Yep. And what's next in television and film projects for Storm King Productions that she'll be able to talk about without violating any of those pesky NDAs. And we'll also be talking with Sandy King Carpenter about Storm King Productions' upcoming comic books, including one for Storm King Productions' imprint, Storm Kids. So all kinds of stuff on tap tonight for as far as guests go. All this and your comments and thoughts on the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment, your favorite fandoms, and everything discussed on the show. If you'd like to add your voice, you can call us at 775-515-4141 anytime during the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Or if you are too shy for the phones, you can always just send me a direct message through the Pop Culture Kaboom Facebook page, which I have up right now. And I know Eric is listening because he just commented on a... uh, um, the uh, show that was on just previously before oh. us. So he says every time he turns it on, okay, I'm not going to paraphrase. I'm going to quote him exactly here. All right, let's go. Let's go. Uh, okay, I don't know what goes through the host of Jet Set, but every time I link in to the show, it, it showcast, it freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> There's usually a theme. I know that because when we get here, like we usually get like, the beginning, but I always forget like what the theme is, and she and- never announces one. So if it are, there is a theme, I have no idea what it is. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I thought I was a uh, quite uh, interesting. That last song was kind of did get kind of it was it was rep- record skipping kind of yeah it was vocal different line that was very very <laughs> odd. But anyway, if you want to comment, you can call us seven seven five five one five four one four one, or you can uh, send us a direct message. And you're always welcome to do that. But if you cannot or do not have oh, time to do... We have a caller. Already. Well, that didn't take long. All right. Uh, and hello, caller. Who is this and where are you calling from? 
Hey, it's Robert from Dreamwell. Hey, Robert, how's it going? How was uh? All right. How was uh, um, Trick or Read yesterday? I, was, I haven't gotten into that, but I was going to talk about a little bit about that from yesterday. Well, it was awesome, and I want to thank you for coming out and supporting. No problem. Anytime. Anytime. Actually, I got a big news article we're going to be covering today regarding uh, November 20th. Awesome. Do you know what November 20th is, Robert? No. What? Okay. No, I thought it was 22nd. <laughs> oh, hold on. Now I got to go and look. Hold on. Um, you're right. Wednesday, the 22nd of November. That makes more sense. <laughs> you know what that date is. <laughs> what, what day is that? <laughs> That's a new comic book day. <laughs> well, aside from that, there's a big thing going on from Comics Pro. Oh, I don't know. <gasps> okay. Yay, we get to be the first to tell you. Yeah, yeah. so please continue yeah. to listen to the show. <laughs> oh, I, will. I will. Yeah, I wanted to call and just thank you for coming out and supporting and everything. Oh, you're welcome. It was so. uh, anytime, and uh looks like I'll be out there the day before... Um, Thanksgiving too for this a little of little thing I'm going to be telling you about later on. <laughs> okay, awesome, sounds good. All right, well I'll be listening. So, hey Rod, nice to say hello to you. Yes, hello to you too. <laughs> I was hoping to buy a comic, but you didn't have my comic. <laughs> you so, gotta get in early. We do two months in advance. <laughs> all right, so I, know... only, I have so much only like free time that I can get out there. So. Uh, well, yeah, I hear you. well, do you know what you want to get two months from now so we can have it in stock? Right? For yeah. You. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. come in. I'll, I'll set you up. Yeah. No, I figured. I figured I can come in. You can probably order it or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure I can. Just come on in. I'm here almost every day. <laughs> almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you for calling right. in, sir. And uh, yeah, yeah. I had, uh, we'll, I'll be talking a little bit about the uh, trick or read, um, and so that catch everybody awesome. up on that. Since uh, also there was a bunch of stuff going on yesterday and today too. Um, you got uh, just ended actually uh, right as the show starts. No, it ends in an hour. Um, MC Hunton is doing her uh, uh, launch for her new book, Devotion, over at Coffee and Comics in Sparks, Nevada. So you still got a little bit over an hour, I believe, to if you want to go out there and uh, get her autograph and talk to her about her book her new one anyway um but sir uh thank you and uh yeah well uh hope maybe after uh, the and ta- bring that up you'll want to call back yeah we'll see <laughs> all right i'll be listening all right, <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. okay you are always welcome to send us an email with your questions or comments about anything discussed on the show your favorite fandoms or with the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment you can send that email to popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Please put in the subject line question, comment, concern, or my fandom in the body of the email. Please add your name and city, state, or country. Uh, with the name, just your first name. I don't need your whole name. And uh, you do need to add a name because I will not uh, be giving out email addresses over the air. So there you are. Um, then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email, or if they are for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, it will be read on the air unless you specify for it not to be. I uh, had a couple of those, but so I can't mention those. Um, <laughs> and But uh, n- no emails for you or Spencer yet. I don't know what's up with that. That's okay. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. I'd be happy to answer any, but yeah. <laughs> All right. First up, Matt from Reno, Nevada. Um, this goes back to last week, uh, the uh, Phoenix question of the week about the uh, um, creepiest song. Um, not artist, but the actual song that uh, reminds right. you of Halloween, I guess. I'm kind of paraphrasing now because I can't remember what the exact question was last week. Uh, but he put, scary song, I'll be watching you by the police. 
So yeah, that that is a creepy song because it sounds. If you listen to it, it sounds like it's it about is. stalking. It is. So, and then Dan in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Hotel California is not about the Overlook Hotel. I never said it was, Dan. Um, I just made a comparison because uh, hey, there's a lot of similarities between the fact that Stephen King wrote a book called The Shining, and it came out in January of 1977, and the Eagles wrote Hotel California, which came out in February of 1977. I was just making a correlation there between that and the fact that if you listen to it, uh, and it just sounds like a, creep, a song about a creepy hotel, and that's the first thing that pops into my head. Uh, but Dan went on to say the band was very has very much said it, it was written as a warning about the music industry. Um, okay, well they should have been a little bit more forthcoming with uh, what their songs are about. I guess <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that because uh, you can read into it. That's a great thing about music is you can read into it what you want. It's the Eagles. I'm sure drugs were probably involved. In oh, well, yeah, <laughs> and it was the seventies. I mean, so, come on, you know. <laughs> So and then he closes it out by saying, "Learn your history." Uh, the Eagles aren't my history, so but I'm hey. not related to any of them. So right. <laughs> not my history per se, but I do know music, uh, some music in. But uh, like I said, with a song, you, you listen to the song for the song, and you mm-hmm. get out of it what whether the, the artist intended it or not. Um, people will read into uh, music and get out of it what they what touches them. And that's what how it, uh, that song touched me as a creepy song about like the Overlook Hotel or something like that. So where it was just really creepy. <laughs> OK, Dan, Lydia in Carson City, Nevada. When is the new Aquaman coming out and why hasn't there been much press about it? And why do you hate Zack Snyder's take on the D.C. so much? And why do you do run on sentences? <laughs> well, I know Aquaman's coming out in December. December 20th, yeah. uh, 2023, uh, delayed over a year, mm-hmm. um, is the current release date for Aquaman and The Last Lost Kingdom. Right. As far as why such limited press, um, there really hasn't been. <laughs> I just don't cover it because it's just been a lot of uh, drama. Jason Momoa dressing up as <laughs> Johnny Depp. To torment Amber Heard <laughs> and just goofy crap like that. I mean, so I, that's why I haven't talked about it. Uh, the Snyderverse is dead, and this film is pretty much the last death throes of that troubled time in DC films. Uh, once it out, once it's out, Jason Momoa won't be Aquaman anymore, joining the rest of the Snyder Justice League in the Hall of Retirement. He's going to be Lobo. Maybe yeah, that's <laughs> he's in that's talks rumor. right now to be Lobo. Yeah, yeah. see, there he's in talks, so, so he's been saying that. Um, <clears throat> so we know we now have to wait and see what the James Gunn era will look like, um, which I'm I'm not going to make comments on until I see something about it. I mean, I know what he's announced so far. And uh, who's going to be doing what as far as, you know, from his uh, own mouth, so to speak. But until something is actually you know, in, in the form of a teaser or a teaser trailer of any sort, I'm going to hold judgment and hope that and hope for the best, quite honestly. So, Well, in all, in, in, in all honesty, most of the movies from the Snyderverse were pretty bad. Yes, they were. I mean, you know, my wife and she doesn't watch a lot of them, but you know, she she watches them. And she was like the Flash. She was like that was terrible. You know, she's like I I can't even believe like they released that. You know, like <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, that's kind of why like we don't talk about we don't really like the Snyderverse. It's you know that's he had a few. I mean, I liked um, Man the, of Steel was good. Yeah, and I liked I did like Justice League. I liked his Snyderverse. I, I, I'm sorry. I was one of those people that did like that three hour black and white version. I was, I, I liked it. Um, 
But other than that, I wasn't really too big of a fan of his. They weren't very. I don't know. They were, a lot of them were dark. First off, and like they didn't need to be. Batman's the only one that needs to be dark. Yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> so that's how I feel about him, anyways. Okay, fair enough. Chris in Sparks, Nevada. I didn't think I'd listen to talk radio, but at least your show is entertaining. Keep it up. Okay, Chris. Yay. Uh, I will do my best. Oscar from Sunnyvale, California. Ooh, I used, I used to, to work, work there. Me too. <laughs> Sunnyvale Town Center Mall. Yep, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably where he works because he works a crappy shift sometimes. So right, yep. <laughs> I, I work a crappy shift sometimes, so I'm glad the po- podcast is an option. Uh, I'm sorry you have to work on a Sunday night. That really sucks. But those are the emails for this week. Uh, so like I said, if you'd like to send us one, go feel free. PopCultureKaboom at gmail.com. So upcoming stuff, I will be joining the 97 and Now Productions Fat and Black Connection broadcast this Wednesday, November 1st at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time to discuss a surprise huge announcement for Comic-Con or KaboomCon 2024. I don't know what the huge announcement will be, so join me as we and as as we and and we'll figure it out together. Wednesday, November first, eight PM Pacific Time Pacific Standard Time, eleven PM Eastern Standard Time through the Fat and Black Connection Facebook, YouTube, and other broadcast platforms. Speaking of, there is now only three hundred and fourteen days until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture and comic book convention, Kaboom Con. Ninety seven and now productions will be putting on Kaboom Con Saturday. September 7th, 2024, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Follow KaboomCon on Facebook to keep up with details of everything. You will see everything you can do and who will be at KaboomCon 2024. Uh, We will, of course, let you know as soon as tickets will be on sale. And some of the proceeds from KaboomCon will benefit Cold Nose Rescue and Sanctuary in Moundhouse and KNBC 95.1 FM Community Radio right here in Carson City. So um, that is that. Eric says the uh, uh, the best part, best thing from Flash to Flash movie mm-hmm. was the Batwing. <laughs> so, uh, Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So let's get to. Um, so this past weekend, before I get into the Phoenix question, mm-hmm. yep. um, so. October 34th, we got this coming week, actually. Right. Uh, Halloween is coming up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also uh, technically Nevada Day right. because Nevada was actually brought into the Union on October 31st, 1864. Correct. So but we celebrate it now, the last Friday of the month of October. Which is goofy. I mean, no, because it's better than. I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> instead of change, they used to change Halloween. Like, oh, no, we're, tr- we're trick-or-treating on the 30th. Because- Only in Carson City, which was the goofiest thing. Okay, so those who don't know about um, who aren't in Nevada, especially Carson City, Nevada. Yes. Uh, for, that's, we're the state capital. And, and they did some- in Reno, too. So- really? Yes. That's, that's really goofy. Um, October 31st, of course, is Halloween. Um, 1864, uh, Halloween is when Nevada became a state. They, It is uh, actually the number one uh, um, state... Um, statehood celebration in yeah. the United States. Yeah. So it's a pretty like big biggest, deal here. Yeah. Um, but so they and only like four states actually celebrate their statehood, which is goofy. Yeah. I mean, why not be proud of that? But anyway, um, we kind of really digressed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so at Carson City, I don't know when or why, but they decided. Well, since October 31st is our state holiday or statehood holiday. 
um, anybody in Carson City will trick or treat the day before and not on the day of Halloween. Yeah. Which was just goofy. Bizarre when you first move here, too. You're like, what the? (laughs) Why? People come here and trick or treat. I'm like, it's not Halloween. Why are you coming to my house? (laughs) Yeah. So... But uh, but when you're a kid, that's cool. It's like, yeah, let's go up to Reno. Right? <laughs> trick or treat in Reno, or actually trick or treat here, and then the next day go up to Reno and trick or treat. So you know, you get double double the candy. So, but uh, yeah, so that's one of the goofy things about Nevada. But uh, the cool thing about it is that uh, Halloween is uh, the, when we became a state. So. Yeah. Yay, Nevada. And we had our big old huge parade. I was actually part of the announcing team there. For KNBC. For KNBC, yeah. yeah. Really cold, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> and cold. Yeah. That actually wasn't too bad. Really? Yeah. Okay. It was I, warmer I would... than I was expecting, actually. I was, like, prepared. I had, like, bundles and bundles, and I didn't need them. So. <laughs> wasn't it, like, 20 degrees or 19 degrees or something? Um, when I got there, because I had to drop my daughter off around 9, it was, like, 40, nine. It was like 47 Oh, wow. Lucky you. I was at work at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Cold. But anyway. All right. So let's get to the Phoenix question of the week. Holiday theme question. Mm-hmm. As a staple in horror films, there are a few films that have driven fear of possessed cars or trucks into the minds of moviegoers and Stephen King himself. The Phoenix question of the week asks, which of these hell on wheels would be your worst nightmare fuel? Um, not all of these are actually Stephen King things. So, but uh, first up was Christine, which was written in, or it was a movie in 1983. Maximum Overdrive, which was 1986. The Hearse, which came out in 1980. Duel, which came out in 1971. Trucks, which came out in 1997. And The Car, which came out in 1977 or 97. Trucks was 1997. The Car was 1977. Okay. So out of those six, Eric. I'm sorry, Eric. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to answer, but anyway. Uh, right? <laughs> anyway. Um, so. Um, out Rob? of those, um, I don't know. It was probably going to, I mean, they're all kind of about the same thing. Like. <laughs> Um, so to me, maybe Christine, I don't know, because that was just the first car possessed that I've ever read book. So, um, okay. Maximum Overdrive for me, not really that, uh, that scary of a movie. I mean, it, it's pretty easy to defeat the vehicles because you just the want to run out of gas, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or you have a rocket launcher, but either way, you know, as it was, so I wasn't too concerned about maximum overdrive. Plus it was kind of really cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it was like the highlight of Emilio's career. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm just saying that. <laughs> I, I thought that. Uh, I, I thought the whole uh, where it was Billy the Kid. Uh, yeah, the, no, I was I was kidding. Okay. I was... <laughs> um, the duel, I kind of remember, mm-hmm. um, but not really because I was one years old. So I didn't see it when I was one years old, but I saw it a really long, long time ago. Um, dual uh, trucks, I never saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hearse, I never saw. And the car, I vaguely remember. Um, but out of all those five... Wait, was trucks that one about that weird alien that lived in the truck? I don't know. Uh, I never saw it, so I don't know. I don't know. Well, because I, I can't remember the name of the movie, but like that, I remember it was about a truck that had... There's a movie about that, so I don't know. And then I'm surprised, like, the you know what movie is not on here that I was surprised about was Rubber. Rubber? Yeah, the one about the killer tire. Oh. (laughs) 
because that's just a part of a car, not a whole car, right. I guess. Why is this my yeah, good thing this is moving slow? Well, I will look that up during the break. It is time for us to take a break. So when we come back, it'll be uh, more of the Phoenix questions. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. We're going over the Phoenix question of the week. Halloween-themed question, that is. As a staple in horror films, there is a few films that have driven fear of possessed cars and trucks into the minds of moviegoers. Then Stephen King himself, the Phoenix question of the week, asks, though, which of these hell on wheels would be your worst nightmare fuel, Christine? which came out in 1983. Maximum Overdrive came out in 1986. The Hearst in 1980. Duel in 1971. Trucks in 1997. And I did look it up during the break, and it basically is uh, the same thing as Maximum Overdrive, just made for TV. (laughs) The car in 1977. And I remember the car briefly. I know there's some big thing about how that, I think it was Steven Spielberg's first movie or something like that or someone's movie, first movie. But anyway. Are talking about My Mother the Car? Or? No. Oh. <laughs> the, the car. Okay. Um, <laughs> my Mother the Car. Yeah, there was that TV show, remember? Mm, vaguely. <laughs> when did that come out? Like early 70s? I don't know. No, that was in the, that, that was like in the 50s I believe because it was wow. black and white still. Okay. I guess uh, 70s weren't the only time period Hollywood was on drugs. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, and you said uh, Christine on that one, right? Yes. And uh, I'm going to have to go with that as well because that car was creepy in the fact that it could heal itself and didn't require gas apparently or anything else to get itself around other than hatred for humanity. So, yeah, when it's fueled by hatred for humanity, I guess that makes it even more deadly than right. Anything else on this list? So what is your opinion? What do you think is out of those six movies, which one creates the most fear in your heart of vehicles? So uh, the big story, the SAG after strike is now in its 108th day. And we are only a few weeks away from films dated in the summer being unable to finish in time. So studios will have to choose between delaying films or ending the strike. So after taking Wednesday to further respond to the proposals that the studios and streamers presented on Tuesday, SAG-AFTRA offered a response on Thursday that left some folks feeling cautiously optimistic again with plans put into place for talks to resume on Friday. And that brought us to reports that discussions to end the strike continued into this weekend, with both the union and AMPTP committed to working through uh, to finalize a new three-year deal. Once again, we like to tread lightly in these situations, so we'll just add that when both sides are still talking, or stay talking, uh, that's That's never a bad thing. Right, yeah. So... um, and I was hoping to hear some kind of resolution before we went on the air, but that didn't happen. No, no. Okay, so five days ago, Bleeding Cool broke the news that Marvel Comics was bringing back Edge of Spider-Verse as a series in February of 2024. Edge of Spider-Verse, the now perennial Spider-Hit, is back, and this time it's building on the biggest Spider-Verse epic in Marvel Comics history. Okay, because there isn't really that much to the Spider-Verse, so I, it would be... An, most epic thing ever in history of it 
you know. Well, they say they're building saying. on. So. Yeah. Launching in February, the series will take readers to the bleeding edge of the Spider-Verse once more, reacquainting you with old favorites and introducing you to some of the most important web-slinging heroes you haven't met yet. Spider-Verse was originally a 2014 Amazing Spider-Man comic book storyline written by Dan Slott and that featured nearly every variant of Spider-Man that had appeared in the comics and other media in, in the over 50 years since Spider-Man's creation at that point. All under attack by Morlun and his family, the Inheritors. At the end, characters such as Spider Gwen, Spider Man Noir, and the Web Warriors span, span, span off into their own series. The 2017 event Venomverse was structured in a similar way with different versions of Venom instead. In 2018, Slot and Marvel followed with Spider Geddon, and in 2022, we had End of the Spider Verse which gave a Spider-Boy at the end. Previous installments also re- revealed secrets behind Spider-Boy's origins and laid the groundwork for new eras of icons Spider-Man India and Arana. You won't believe how the web of life and destiny impacts Spider-Man storytelling, this time as the possibilities of the Spider-Verse are unleashed in full. Edge of Spider-Verse number one kicks things off with the very first appearance of Weapon... Eight, <laughs> all right, uh, or five or V one one one, and the exciting comeback of the tech savvy Spider Bite B Y T E. Oh, okay. So yeah, all right, okay. Um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, but Wildcats ends with uh, issue number twelve. That's it. No more. Final issue in November. Zealot is in Birds of Prey now. That's that. Uh, no more Grifter or Midnighter and Apollo series crossovers either. Gamora, uh, not from the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, is right. no longer in the Superman books. And today's Stormwatch story is in the Brave and the Bold number six. Ends on a very indeterminate note on the Skywatch satellite. <clears throat> While in Unstoppable Doom Patrol number seven, there is a minor mention as the Candlestick Man crosses from one reality to another using the bleed introduced in Stormwatch and the authority back in the day. So now what? Well, Wildstorm fans are pinning a lot on the upcoming Outsiders, which seems to reflect the series' planetary and even includes a new version of the character, The Drummer, uh, with Tim Fox and Kate Kane taking on the roles previously played by Elijah Snow and Takeda Wagner, but how much is the, this actually of Wildstorm? And how much uh, a homage? The Outsiders will be a Wildstorm-focused book. It will actually feature planetary century, century babies and, more importantly, the carrier, the sentient home of the authority who will explicitly remember a variety of authority adventures. Whatever that means. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> that was and written so confusingly, I have no idea what I just got them yeah, saying. That, yeah. Uh-oh, Eric's upset. Does that mean my Wildcats number eight disappeared? Yes, it uh, is going up. It uh, depends on where the series goes. You, and if this ends with it all just completely disappearing, maybe. Um, it, the secondary market is very fickle about stuff like that, but, uh, keep an eye on it. It might go up. Right. And Nat Gertler is a, um, probably G E R T L E R Gertler. Sounds like good to me. Okay. Is a comic book and related hero an Eisner award winning comics history writer, putting work back into print that had been 
unduly forgotten, missed out from the canon, or in urgent need of archiving. From religious-themed cartoons to superhero comics, the factor from Stephen Weiner's uh, analysts of Jeff Smith's Bone to a facsimile of the Green Book, his work as a, as about comics is always worthy of note. But it is generally sold direct to the customer uh, or direct to interested bookstores. But now, About Comics is returning to the direct market distribution system, courtesy of Diamond Comic Distributors. For the first time in over a decade, turns out that when a distributor loses a chunk of Marvel, DC, Image, Dark Horse, and IDW, all sorts of things are possible. And so for About Comics' 25th anniversary, Nat Gertley... Gertler says that we're doing something that is quite normal for a typical comics publisher. We're putting books through direct market distribution channels. Over a decade since we last solicited a book through Diamond Comics distributors, we now have not one but two books in the just released November 2023 issue of Previews. The Jam Urban Adventures Volume 1 Beginnings and Scott Shaw's Comics and Stories we already have several more existing titles and upcoming releases that we will be offering through Diamond in the months to come. Be sure to tell your local comic shop that you want them. Gotta say it like Batman. You want them. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> With that being said. <laughs> uh, from comic books being released on November 1st. Can you believe it's already November 1st? At least here. I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion. It, after all, is only my opinion. To keep this list to a minimum, I do not include in it trade paperbacks, graphic novel collections, hardcover, softcover volumes, or reprints. If you are an independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, Please let me know by sending me an email at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email. Put the publisher's name, the title of the book or books, when the book or books will be coming out, and the issue number so I can add your book or books in the future. First up, Ablaze Publishing has almost dead number one with a wallet-busting five cover variants. American Mythology Productions has Outer Space Men number one with four cover variants. Antarctic Press has Punchline Sketchbook number one one shot. AWA Studios has Red Light number one of four with four cover variants. Bad Kids Press has Bad Kids Presses. Bad Kids Press. Bad Kids Press presents the Lumberjack Bride number one one shot. The Lumberjack Bride kind of sounds like a Broadway musical, don't it? <laughs> Boom Studios has Space Between number one of four with a wallet-busting five cover variants. Center for Cartoon Studies. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about it. A graphic guide to mental health, number one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Comics Bureau has Blowtorch and Bad... Blowtorch Bad Roads, number one. Dark Horse Comics has Canary, number one, with a wallet-busting eight cover variants. Stranger Things The Voyage, number one, with four cover variants. DC Comics, here you go, Lydia. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom special, number one, one shot, with a wallet-busting five cover variants. Batman, Catwoman, The Gotham War, Scorched Earth, number one, one shot, with a wallet-busting seven cover variants. Return of Superman, 30th anniversary special, number one, one shot, with a wallet-busting eight cover variants. Um, 
that is just basically a money grab of epic proportions right there. Because the return of Superman, right. 30th anniversary, 30 years ago, they killed off Superman, and then they brought him back. Right, yeah, the death of Superman, I remember that. Yeah. It's huge, the whole, like, black comic, and, yeah. Yep, and you got the little armband that you could wear and all that fun stuff, yeah. Uh, Supergirl special number one, one shot with a wallet-busting six cover variants. Dynamite Entertainment has Savage Red Sonja number one with a wallet-busting, or actually with a bank-busting 13 cover variants. They didn't go completely crazy. I quite was expecting more. Me too. Image Comics has Blood Commandment number one of four with a wallet busting five cover variants. Marvel Comics has It's Jeff the Jeff first number one with three cover variants. Now, I don't know why this is actually making the jump to actual printed page. Uh, Jeff is a shark. It's like a land. It's called Jeff the, the Land Shark. Okay. And, uh, yeah, there's no dialogue at all. It's just this land shark flopping around doing stuff. Okay. <laughs> Is he a villain, a hero? No, he just exists. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Was it like a YouTube thing that started first? I'm very I know, confused it was, now. It was, like... <laughs> it was normal comics. Um, it was uh, off their digital platform. That's okay. That may, okay. So it was start. off of a digital platform. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, which should just stay there. Uh, but well, anyway. Spider-Boy, number one, with a wallet-busting eight cover variants. Ultimate Universe, number one, with a wallet-busting six cover variants. White Widow, number one, with a wallet-busting seven cover variants. Oni Press has Faceless and the Family, number one, of four, with a wallet-busting seven cover variants. Rebellion, 2000 AD, has Mega City Max, number one, with one shot. Red 5 Comics has Dying Days, number one. Scout Comics has A Haunting on Mars, number one, with two cover variants. Uden Entertainment has Street Fighter Omega, number one, with five cover variants. And Vault Comics has Unnatural Order, with a wallet-busting six cover variants. Wow. And those are your comics. Uh, so this one's uh, for you, Robert, at Dreamwell. Uh, local Comic Book Shop Day is sponsored by Comics Pro, the trade organization for comic book stores, and encourages comic book stores and publishers to run a special local comic book day every year. With exclusive items and variant covers available only at brick-and-mortars comic book stores. And this year, it's Wednesday, the 22nd of November. A few more details and covers have been released so far by Image Comics, Oni Press, Titan Comics, Mad Cave, Z2, as well as Dark Horse, Marvel, Boom, and AWA for local comic book shop day 2023 so far. And here are some of the great uh, collector quality comics you can get. Now, remember, these are all special variant covers. So these are definitely something if you because I've reported on here, what, two years ago um, was a free comic book day. Mm -hmm. And you got a free comic book. And that thing is now worth like, you know, Mm. 50, 60 bucks. And it was a free comic book. Right. So these things can go up. Now, you're saying this is a variant. So these are comics that have already been released. They're just releasing a different cover for it. Or is this a brand new comic? Uh, They're the they are previously released, um, but they just have very special variant covers. Gotcha. Um, So the first one on the list is uh, uh, the local comic book shop day 2023 Universal Monsters Dracula number two connecting variant. 
So he did uh, two covers that uh, connect together. Oh, okay. And, or it's not a wraparound. It's actual connecting covers. Oh. Um, so that's coming out uh, from Image Comics. The LC, uh, LCSD 2023 Black Science Number 1 10th Anniversary Deluxe Edition from Image Comics. The Faceless and a Family Number 1. Uh, we already said that one was mm-hmm. coming out. So this one, this is going to be a, uh, you know, a different version. A li- Lezinski Foil Stamp uh, from Oni Press, Inc. Uh, Conan the Barbarian Number 5 Foil, Degato Virgin from Titan Comics. Eden Frost Number 1, which came out uh, actually last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eden Frost Number 1 of uh, 4 uh, with a Heather Vaughn variant from Mad Cave Studios. Iron Maiden Peace of Mind Hardcover from Z20 Comics. Z2 Comics, I'm sorry. Zawa number one of five um, with a foil variant uh, f- from variant young from Boom Studios. White Widow number one, which I just said is coming out this week, uh, is going to have a David Marquez variant from Marvel Comics. Spider Boy number one, which is coming out this week, is going to have a Chris Campani variant from Marvel Comics. Space Yasagi Death and Honor number one is going to have a sketch cover from Dark Horse. And if you missed any any part of today's program, you can go and check it out on the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast put out by 97 The Now Productions on your favorite podcast platform. So go check it out if you missed any part or if you want to check out some of the previous episodes like last week's Phoenix question where I kind of forgot about (laughs) which uh, creepy song for Halloween. (laughs) So with that being said, uh, we're going to take a hard break when we get back. It'll be more from Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. I was going over the uh, cool variants that you will be able to get your hands on for the 22nd of November for your local comic book shop day um, from Comics Pro, the trade organization for comic book stores. And uh, so this is, I left off with the uh, Conan the Barbarian number five. No, I left off with the Eden Frost number one of four. Heather Vaughn variant cover from Mad Cave Studios. Uh, I covered that one. White Wind, blah, 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 blah. Spider-Boy, I covered that one. Space Usagi, Death and Honor number one. Uh, sketch issue from Dark Horse Comics. And hello, caller. Uh, who is this and where are you calling from? Hey, it's Robert. Hey, Robert. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> All right. Hey, that's good news. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, okay. So I will be there the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> awesome. So that'll be fun. So if anybody wants to come out and join me, uh, depending on the weather, of course. Yeah, true. Never can tell with uh, Nevada if it's going to be snowing 12 inches that yeah. day or not. Right. So, um, and if it's anything like last year, it did. So, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, it did, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, publishers have done this in the past, but sporadically, so it's nice they're all doing it at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so thank you, uh, Comics Pro, for uh, putting that together. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, I, I definitely want to check out some of these. Uh, uh, there's a couple more, too. Um, 
um, that are coming out. Red Light number one of four will have a sexy cover. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't write this stuff. Uh, from a- AWA, uh, Something is Killing the Children number 34 will have a vo- foil variant uh, from Boom Studios. Berserker, Berserker, yeah. Fallen Empire will have a foil variant. Uh, from Boom Studios and Ranger Academy number one will also have a foil variant from Boom Studios. So a lot of foil variants coming out. Yeah, that's a Power Ranger title. Yeah. Oh. So it'll be very interesting and fun. All right. We'll check it out together. Yeah. So everybody else, uh, keep track of it because I'll be announcing this uh, more here and there. So uh, right. let me know um, how many of those uh, you're able to get your hands on, too, if you could, Robert. Uh, I'll let you know. Usually they just send us one. One of each or just one? Yeah, period? no kidding. Yeah, usually if it's like asked, it's one of each title. Oh, well, oh, wow. how is yeah. that going to get people in? <laughs> Uh, they're going to be fighting to get in or something. I don't know. All right, Fight Club rules. Uh, going <laughs> right. to your local comic book store. Just uh, <laughs> right, bare knuckles. Uh, so it's kind of a warm up for a Black Friday. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So like Black Friday's past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for calling, and uh, I, hope you, I hope you let me know if you get more than one. Because I uh, will. As we find out, I'll let you know. All right. Thank you, awesome. sir. All right. Take care. Bye. Uh, So, Rob. Yes. What are you doing to recognize the 69th celebration of Godzilla Day on November 3rd? Uh, I will probably watch my Godzilla movies that I own. (laughs) But how many do you own? Uh, Currently, the whole series. Wow. I like uh, Godzilla. Which one is in here? I don't have any. Unfortunately, I don't have any of the, the, uh, the originals, but. Oh. I like the new ones. What about uh, Godzilla 2000? Mm, I do not have that. <gasps> well, you're in luck, sir. Uh, if you don't have plans yet, I've got good news for you. Toho International has plenty of Godzilla fare for you to partake in. First and foremost, November 3rd, 2023 will be the first day you can buy tickets in the U.S. for Godzilla Minus One, Toho's latest installment of in the Kaiju series. But if that's not enough for you, and let's be honest, it's not, Pluto TV and Shout TV have got you covered on this year's Godzilla Day. Pluto TV's Godzilla channel, which plays Godzilla movies around the clock, will host a stream along at 8 p.m. Pacific Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, where special guests will provide commentary on a yet-to-be-named film. Mm. Shout TV will also re-air Masters of Monsters, a marathon hosted by John Carpenter that first came out in 2022. If you want to see Godzilla on the big screen, however, you're also in luck. Phantom Events and Sony Pictures are hosting a one-day screening of Godzilla 2000 on November 1st. The first time the film will play in U.S. in theaters in the U.S. You can find out if a theater near you will be playing the movie and buy tickets um, at, the, at, at the Phantom website, or Phantom Events website, I should say. It truly is the age of Godzilla because all of these events come right before Apple TV Plus's uh, television series Monarch Legend of Monst- Legacy of Monsters, which premieres on November 17th. 2023 and of course uh godzilla minus one will be in theaters in the united states on december november december 1st right yeah i was going to say november 30th but that would be incorrect so yeah so that's uh, all fun stuff 
So let's get to the um, before we get to our big in, one of our big interviews because very shortly here we are going to have uh, Kurt Zauer coming up. Uh, but here are the cons and events I was able to find going on worldwide the week of October 30th through November 5th. I cannot stress enough that if you do not go to these events, they will stop happening or will not return to your area. So if you're thinking I'll go next week, next month, next year, they might not happen near you ever again, period. If one or more of these are near you, go check them out. And if they are not, check your local game and hobby or comic book shops for great events that they have going on weekly. Yeah, in your area. Uh, if you have or know of a com- pop culture event coming up in your area, I can add to this list. Please contact me at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming event in the subject line and in the body of the email. Include the name of the event, the date or dates it will be running, and where it will be taking place so I can add it to my upcoming list. The speaking of, um, I'm going to throw this one out there because I just found out about this one the other day. And it's the biggest little toy con 2023 happening at the Grand Sierra Resort November 4th. Wow. So next Saturday. And this is going to be free admission to the public. Wow. So, and from what I understand, they have over 100 vendors that are going to be there. So I'm going to go check it out because it looks like it'll be fun. Also, uh, coming up October 30th through November 2nd is the biggest little fur con mm-hmm. happening at the Grand Sierra Resort and Casino in Reno. Uh, the, that, the Grand Sierra Resort is becoming like the con place right now. Uh, you got the biggest little fur mm-hmm. con. You got the uh, biggest little toy con. Mm-hmm. And also at the end in the middle of November, November 17th through the 19th is a snafu con. Right. So three cons like boom, 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 boom. So uh, I'm going to slaughter this one. Uh, November 1st through the 5th is the Furry Blacklight 2023 at the Hilton Paris Charles de Gaulle Airport in France, France. Charles de Gaulle. Sure. (laughs) November 1st through the 5th is the Paris Games Week 2023 at the Paris Expo Port de Verales in Paris, France. Uh, November 2nd through the 3rd is the Game Connection Europe 2023 at the Porte de Verales in Paris, France. A lot of stuff going on in Paris, France this week. November 2nd through the 5th is Boto, Boto's Con 2023 in at the Quai, New, <laughs> New Westminster, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah. Some weird names for places. November 2nd through the 5th is Yomacon. <laughs> Almost looks like Yoma. Yomacon. Uh, Huntington Place in Det- Detroit Marriott at the Ren- Renaissance Center in Detroit, Michigan. November 3rd through the 4th is BlizzCon 2023 at the Anaheim Convention Center in Anaheim, California. So expect a lot of news coming out of that. November 3rd through the 4th is DexaCon 2023 at the Marymount University in Arlington, Virginia. November 3rd through the 5th is Con Nequa 2023 at the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel Tuscan, Tuscan, Tucson. <laughs> Read part in Tucson, Arizona. If I didn't see Arizona, I would have not that thought that was Tucson. But anyway, because it looks like Tucson. Anyway. <laughs> November 3rd through the 5th is Grand Rapids Comic Con 2023 at the DeVos Place of Grand Rapids, Michigan. November 3rd through the 5th is Heroes Comic Con Stockholm 2023 to somewhat uh, Stockholm, Sweden. 
Yes, I am making half of this up. November the 5th is J1Con 2023 at the Showboat Atlantic City, Atlantic City, New Jersey. November 3rd through the 5th is NicoCon 2023 at the Hampton Roads Convention Center in Hampton, Virginia. November 3rd through the 5th is PawCon 2023 at the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel, San Jose, San Jose, California. November 3rd through 5th is the Rhode Island Comic Con 2023 at the Rhode Island Convention Center in Amica Mutual Pavilion, Providence, Rhode Island. November 3rd through the 5th is RockCon 2023 at the uh, Tabala Event Center in Rockford, Illinois. November 3rd through the 5th is Sin City Anime 2023 at the Gold Coast Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. November 3rd through the 5th is the Twin Cities Con 2023 at the Minneapolis Convention Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota. November 4th is AugustaCon 2023 at the Double Tree by Hilton Hotel, Augusta, Georgia. D-A-M, D-apostrophe, A-apostrophe, M-apostrophe, or dot, period, whatever. Uh, Con 2023 is November 4th at the Four Corners Brewing Company, Dallas, Texas. I have no idea what damn is supposed to mean. (laughs) November 4th is the Frankfurt Anime Fest 2023 at the Capitol Plaza Hotel in Frankfurt, Kentucky. (laughs) I was expecting to be in Germany. (laughs) November 4th is Maryland Toy Expo 2023 at the Maryland State Fairgrounds in Timonium, Maryland. Timonium? That sounds like a metal out of a comic book right yeah those fake ones <laughs> it does wizards of the coast revealed more cards for the next magic the gathering set on the way as we have a clearer picture of what's in the lost caverns of exlania exlan alongside uh, aside from getting a better look at many of the legendary creatures coming to the set we also got to see some of the new Jurassic Park Jurassic World cards they are releasing as part of the film's 30th anniversary. After exploring the wilds in Eldorin, players will return to Exlan, where dinosaur, dinosaurs roam in the lost caverns of Exlan. This set includes a thematically appropriate collaboration with the blockbuster thematically appropriate. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. That's <laughs> funny, though. <laughs> Sounds like it was uh, something that was supposed to be dirty, but they kind of made it. Uh, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> yeah. got to say brown. Like they wanted brown to go cow. like, like they wanted to give them feathers, but because it like the movie didn't have feathers on the dinosaurs, so they're doing the the, the cinematic. Thematically, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I'm like making that up. I don't know. Okay. Well, hey, that's as good as any excuse, I guess. Uh, with the release of Jurassic Park in 1993, with cards featuring brand new artwork that showcase iconic characters and scenes spanning across six feature-length films in the Jurassic World franchise. A year after the Pyrexian invasion created terror and havoc across the multiverse, competing expeditions race to reach a secret world hidden below Exlan, uh, seeking vast riches, answers to new mysteries, legendary wonders, and ancient gods newly awakened. Why would you seek an ancient god that was newly awakened? He might just kill you. Uh, we will have no, no, I'm serious. Uh, we will have some familiar faces making a return in this set, including one who will be making his first appearance as a planeswalker. There will be vampires in Merfolk and a fresh face who made his debut in the wilds of Eldarin. Uh, the Magic the Gathering, the Lost Caverns of Exelon set will drop on November 17th, 2023. Oh. Yay. Cool. I guess. 
Pokemon Trading Card Game Japan has begun teasing the October 2023 Scarlet and Violet Era sister sets. These two sets are the Roaring Moon-themed Ancient Roar and the Iron Valiant-themed Future Flash. Both sets hit shelves on, you know, I think they run out of things with these Pokemon and they're just like throwing words on against a wall and seeing what sticks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, these two words go together. Yeah, well, they do now. <laughs> uh, both sets hit shelves on October 27th, so they just uh, already hit t- two days ago. Just one month after the Terra Gar- Garchomp-themed Raging Surf, <laughs> which is also currently being teased. These expansions will introduce the new future and ancient mechanics, uh, which refer to Paradox Pokemon. We have previously seen Paradox Pokemon like Iron Treads, Trends, Treads, and Great Tusk in early Scarlet and Violet sets, but the Pokemon trading card game has most been mostly holding these special species back for the next next wave of expansions. It has already been confirmed that these sets will pair with Raging Surf to make up Scarlet and Violet Paradox Rift, which will be our English-language Pokemon trading card game set for November 2023. It is rumored that Scarlet and Violet Paradox Rift will also combine with the card's from the upcoming Japanese X starter sets featuring Terra Meowtu X EX and the Terra Skalindridge EX, but we cannot yet confirm or pronounce. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ubisoft has released a report for the first half of its fiscal year, and in it, the company has noted that a large game that it had planned for release before the end of the fiscal year has been pushed to the 2024-2025. While Ubisoft does not outright say that the game is there, what the game is, there has been speculation from Video Games Chronicle that the title in question is Star Wars Outlaws. Ubisoft has never offered a concrete release window for the game, but it has long been expected to arrive before the end of the company's current fiscal year, which comes to conclusion on March 31st, 2024. Ubisoft doesn't seem to be delaying this game based on concerns over quality or because the game's developers need extra time, which tends to be the main reasons games get pushed back. Instead, it seems that Ubisoft's numbers are very good this year, so the company plans to delay this big game into next year to help its numbers later. We don't know for certain that this is the Star Wars Outlaws game, and even if it is, a delay into the next fiscal year could mean just a few short months, but if the company was planning to have the game release in February or March, we could still see it arrive in time to coincide with Star Wars Day in May. For now, fans will have to just have to wait patiently to see what the game gets. See when the game gets a firm release date. When the game does end up releasing, Star Wars Outlaws will be available on PlayStation Five, Xbox Series XS, and PC. And with that, it is time for that top of the hour break. Currently, it is thirty-nine freezing degrees in Carson City. Yeah. Uh, no. I am not a cold person. So with that being said, up next, we're going to have our big interview with Kurt Zauer. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show right after this. And welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment couple little tidbits i got to read here for you. Uh, the featured speaker at Monday's Democratic Luncheon will be Dr. Kyle Dalp, president of Western Nevada College. Dr. Oh, got moved, huh? 
What were you juggling for? Here we go. <laughs> Dr. Dalp, president of the Western Nevada College. Dr. Dalp is a strong advocate for community colleges and the role they play in providing access to affordable and quality education. The luncheon will be open to the public, is scheduled for 1 o'clock p.m. on Monday, October 30th, and can be attended either in person at the Black Bear Diner inside the Max Casino or online via Zoom. For Zoom links, contact Richard Dunn at richarddunn at aol.com, all one word. Also, uh, Carson City's Night Off the Streets program is underway. Night Off the Streets helps the homeless in our community. For more information on the program or to volunteer to help with the program, you can contact NOTS manager Jody Miller at 775-600-2632 or knotsmanager at gmail.com. Very important, especially with it getting very cold around here nowadays. And... So, uh, Kurt Zauer is a comic book creator. He is also the owner and operator of KG Comics. And uh, on the phone with us right now is Mr. Zauer. And uh, no, he's not. you got to hit the button. Ah, there we go. And how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm gr- okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you have a couple of things going on. Uh, first and foremost, you have a Kickstarter going on currently for your latest creation, Ruxy, Rock, Ruxy Vampire. I did say it right, right? That is correct, okay. yes. I, I'm always afraid I'm going to mispronounce it because I'm horrible with pronouncing names. Uh, but Ruxy Vampire is a supernatural thriller about Ruxandra Tips, the granddaughter of Vlad the Impaler, or Dracula himself. Ruxy is a, I'm going to mispronounce this, a Cell Rue, Cell Rao. Cell Rao vampire, a unique and tough breed that's a little closer to hum- to humanity. Cell Rao are born, not made. These differences make them hated by other vampires and prestigious trophies to vampire hunters. Hunted and hounded, Ruxy and her brother Marku. Did I say that one right? Marku, yes. Okay, yay, I got one out of two. Uh, escaped by embracing the light of the sun in the late 1880s, London. For a cell rule, sunlight means being turned into to stone, perhaps to never live again. Um, but you have the Kickstarter going, and it just got started. It is still 22 days to go on it. But congratulations, you're already up to 98 backers and well over half of your goal to get this one put out there. And uh, are, are you a big comic book uh, guy, Kurt? Uh, I am when I have when I have time. Um, unfortunately, I can't do comics full time, so I got to work and do other things. So, um, but uh, but I try to, to to see what's out there, see what's uh, what's re- well reviewed, and, and you know I've been following X Men, the Fall of X, that kind of thing. And uh, I do enjoy uh, some good horror comics as well. Ah, the reason why I was inquiring is because uh, I noticed that uh, Ruxy Vampire has as many cover variants as uh, a Diamond or a, a Dynamite Entertainment <laughs> <laughs> comic book does. I mean, there's so many. It's, it's kind of silly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, in retrospect, yeah. Maybe I overdid it a little bit. <laughs> but hey, you know what? They um, they actually a lot of them look really great though. So you you got that going for you. Um, so, um, but do you, there are a couple of different tier levels that I'd like to get into because some of these uh, some of what's being offered is really really cool stuff. Um, you get the, uh, the, the speaking of the uh, I'm going to mispronounce this Hedwin uh, Zald, Zaldvar. 
Zaldivar, yes. Zaldivar, okay. Uh, cover, very cool-looking cover, by the way. Um, and that's uh, you get that 40 interior pages of Magic Merc and Mayhem. Includes the uh, digital PDF of Ruxy Vampire Number 1, cover by um, Hedwin Zaldivar. Um, so yep. That one really looks really cool. And Plus, I assume that with this, you get all of the previous um, ones as well, all the unlocked stretch goals and all of that. Oh, definitely, yeah. There'll be uh, the uh, first milestone bonus was just released, which was a uh, digital bundle, which uh, every backer gets uh, nine free digital comics. And there are additional uh, milestones at the uh, 90% funded mark and the 150 backer mark. And those are in addition to stretch goals. Stretch goals haven't, you know, won't be announced until we actually fund that 100%. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, for me, Kickstarter, I mean, why, why back a Kickstarter unless you're going to get, you know, those extra little goodies. So I, I definitely try to add, um, you know, people are, are paying, you know, $20 for a comic. So I definitely want to, want to give them some extra stuff and some, some extra goodies to, to make it worth their, their dollar. Definitely. Well, that's awesome. So this is a supernatural thriller. Uh, you do have a, uh, ongoing series called, I'm going to mess this one up. Spectris and Sabanian. Sabanian. Yes. Wow. I got it. <laughs> you nailed it. A lot like of people, yeah. Uh, uh, right. It's a, it's my first spinoff. It'll probably, you know, uh, pretty much my only spinoff. I mean, uh, uh, it's, uh, set in the same world. Um, the main character, Spectrus, uh, will have an appearance in Ruxy number one. Oh. And uh, uh, you'll probably see Sabanian at a later time, the way things are working out. But, uh, but yeah, but it is, it is a, a contained story. You're, it's not like you're not going to know what's going on if you haven't read Spectrus and Sabanian. But, uh, but, yeah, that's kind of my flagship title, and, and uh, it's a... It's a it's a series near and dear to my heart. And number five, the script is almost completed. So um, if things work out, I'll kind of bounce between the two. I'll do uh, issue five of Spectrus and Sabanian next, and then issue two of Ruxy, and just kind of alternate between the two, depending on how Ruxy does. We'll see. Okay. Well, it uh, looks like at least thus far it's doing uh, very well. I mean, if you're already over halfway funded, so congratulations again. Congratulations on that. Um, Spectres and Sabanian, though, um, it's only into issue number four. So you you haven't uh, been doing comics for a long for that long, right? Um. Well, uh, off and on since about uh, 2016, I started uh, with a short black and white. 12 page issue and then um and then i did the full uh spectrus and sabanian issue number one with one artist and then i met a new artist and i re-released issue number one with i rewrote the script and re-released issue number one with a new artist and i've been using i've been going with him him and i have a great relationship his name's topper helmers uh great guy uh so i've kind of re-released issue one with him and I've stuck with them the rest of the time. So, um, yeah, I wish my out could, could be a little bit more frequent. But, you know, in there I deployed. I was a National Guardsman. Uh, I'm retired now. And uh, so I had a deployment in there. So, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's taken time. But, you know, it's, 
I, I enjoy it, then I'm, I'm going to keep going, definitely. Okay. Um, your bio off of the kgcomics.com website, um, uh, which I encourage everybody to go take a look at. Uh, you can find all of the previous issues of Spectrus and Sabanian there, um, issues one through four, as well as some other interesting things if you want to go and check them out, as well as all of his social media links if you want to find out more about KG Comics. Or did I say that right? Yeah, I did. KG Comics. And all of the yeah. social media links as well. But uh, you, you like superhero comics um, and ancient Egyptian lore. And you're currently writing the uh, Spectrus and Sabanian um, Supernatural Horror and the Ruxy Vampire Supernatural Thriller. Um, so have you thought maybe like pitching? Because I think if anybody from Marvel is listening right now, you'd be the perfect person to be writing Moon Knight. <laughs> I guess uh, <laughs> some friends of mine are following Moon Knight. They say it's great right now, um, but uh, it's ending. Yeah, who knows? That, that's, that's, a, that's a problem. They're they're right. killing off Mark Spector. <clears throat> so you know, that's, oh. <laughs> spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't been following it, but uh, but my uh, the, a buddy of mine has been raving about it. Says it's great. Yeah, right now it is, but that I, 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 because I got to when I started the new series, because Moon Knight's always been one of my favorite characters. Um, I don't know if it had to do with the Egyptian aspect of it or just the character in, or you know, in and of himself. But you know, now that they're killing him off, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. But they're replacing him with a new guy, and he's also got a completely different costume. And I, which looks ridiculous because it looks more like Spawn than anything else, and it's just silly. Um, but the only good thing is, is that they're replacing these uh, Billy Clubs or whatever they were that looked too much like Daredevils. Uh, they're replacing yeah. those with uh, the actual like um, ancient Egyptian-looking uh, weapon weaponry. So that's the only cool part about it. Or okay. But other than that, I don't, I'm not too keen about them, you know, killing off Mark Spector and putting a new guy in there. But maybe I'll like it. I don't know yet. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Wow, yeah, that's that's a big deal for that because Moon Knight's always been Mark Spector, right? There's never been a. You know, I don't. I think he has been the the only one because you know he's had different uh, character traits because he's crazy. Um, so he's he's got all this you know different personalities going on in his head, but. As far as I know, he's been the only, uh, maybe Robert from Dreamwell Comics will call again and right. <laughs> set us straight on right. that. Right, yeah, I know, exactly. But as far as I know, but I've been following Moon Knight ever since. His, and actually, I just got the uh, um, uh, kind of a reprint of Moon Knight, um, and when his first appearance in uh, Werewolf by Night. So Okay. Uh, yeah, so. Very uh, cool. I thought it was. Um, so, but, uh, so Spectrus and Sabanian sounds like it kind of goes off of that, because uh, um, it it goes off of the Cleopatra against the Romans uh, time period, um, as far as from where the characters are from, right? Yeah, that's, that's really a great story, um, uh, you know, from history. I've always enjoyed, even from when I was a little kid, I don't know why, but I've liked the old uh, Egyptian gods and the kind of the art style and that kind of thing. And then you get into the history and the, the Cleopatra is just fascinating. And, and the, um, uh, her last, uh, days, you know, as she was the last Pharaoh of Egypt, you know? So I thought that about it from a kind of a military perspective, you know, if she's, um, worried about an invasion, she's, 
he's with Mark Antony, and this uh, Roman Emperor Octavian is, is threatening to invade, you know, uh, what would you do? Well, you might send an assassin to go to go kill him, and which would effectively save your country. Um, and then if that assassin fails, what does that mean? You know, that, that kind of ultimate mission failed. You know, that's not something your soul could, could rest, you know, uh, afterwards. So that's kind of where the, uh, the ghost part of it comes into into play so and although there is some yeah yeah and uh, then that kind of blends into going into the 1920s uh where the ruxy vampire uh story picks up right and they're going to be kind of in there as well said something uh she'll be in there um she's just um the, the story is mostly ruxy she's uh kind of just took tangential to the story um and she also uh her part of the comic kind of introduces the villain, um, Ruxy's uh, triplet sister, Cesara, who is um, a bit of a necromancer and, and kind of out of her mind. Um, uh, that's how uh, Cesara gets introduced into the story, is when she meets, well, I, don't, I guess I don't want to get too much into it. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, so, um, uh, you know, she's not, she's not a big part of the plot, you know, my characters from my other title, but she's, uh, uh, you know, part of the story. So how much of the uh, um, old uh, Selru type of Romanian kind of vampiric revenant um, mythology are you bringing in with Ruxi? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm basing her on uh, uh, Ruxi is short for Ruxandra Tepesh. Which is which was Dracula's genuine, the name of his granddaughter. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, that's perfect!" You know. And so, um, uh, you know, and then it gets shortened to Ruxy when she runs into some some Chicagoland gangsters. But uh, uh, but yeah, the the you know the everybody's concept of Vlad the Impaler. You know, he was actually quite a quite a general and one of the very first. Uh, military men to introduce firearms into his army to organize uh, the use of, of gunpowder weapons in his in his his tactics so he's he's pretty fascinating that way um, and uh, I actually know people from Romania and, and if you're if you're Romanian he's a hero you know he's you know maybe he yeah he put a few people on spikes but, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, he's a, a national hero he's he's uh, uh, someone, you know, someone that fought to keep their, you know, that portion Wallachia, um, you know, free from the, the Ottomans. I, I saw a great meme where it had Vlad the Impaler and he puts a marshmallow on a stick and he's like, <laughs> Yeah, there's that meme there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. quote that on uh, FCC regulated uh, radio, but yeah, he says on there, this is great. <laughs> That's, I'm paraphrasing it, yeah, but... Um, so a very interesting concept. Um, I I think that everybody should go and check it out. Like I said, you can go and check it out at kgcomics.com, and you can find all of the social media links from there. KG Comics is also on the Facebook. You'll be able to find links to the Ruxy Vampire Kickstarter, and definitely go check it out. There are some really high-value um, 
um, p- levels and tiers for this. Um, the biggest ones, i got to scroll all the way to the bottom here because you've got a lot, mm-hmm. um, is original art all wired up. 11, and, 11 by 17 original piece by Moog Park in black and white. Includes your choice of Ruxy Vampire print edition and the digital deluxe package. Um, I know that you just recently were at a Comic-Con. Um, or do you have any upcoming appearances, sir? i got about 30 seconds. Yeah, I do. Uh, next weekend I'll be at Grand Rapids Comic-Con. And uh, two weeks after that I will be at Days of the Dead Chicago. All right, so everybody, and go if you're in the area, go check those out. Grand Rapids, Michigan, and also um, Chicago or the uh, Illinois, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chicago, Illinois, Chicago. If you watched uh, Married with Children, but anyway, uh, well, thank you, sir, for coming on and talking about Spectrus and Sabanian, and also the Ruxy Vampire. I wish you much luck, and I know I have a feeling that it's going to get filled up before. Uh, I think you'll have 12 days left on the campaign by when it finally gets uh, uh, completely uh, backed. So, fingers are that crossed. is my Thank prediction, you. and uh, you'll have to come Thank back you. on and tell me if that happens. <laughs> yeah. Great, hey, I'd love to. All right, I, uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. No problem. You have a good evening, sir, and happy Halloween. Everybody else, we'll be right back with more Pop Culture to Boom radio show. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And each week, the film powers that be release dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about except here. Each up week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes, and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch. And those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy. And that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics. We're just overly opinionated blowhards. But Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, is. You can catch all of Tony Sanfilippo's reviews of concerts, television shows, and movies at Filippo's Horrible Reviews. And uh, you were at the uh, Denver Broncos game uh, today, and you won't be giving a horrible review of that because they stomped a snot out of the Kansas City Chiefs today. It was excellent. <laughs> Minus the very, very cold. My nose, I look like Rudolph. <laughs> I just got home. Seriously got home about 30 minutes ago, and I had and I just watched all these wonderful trailers we're about to talk about. And, uh, uh, yeah, my nose looks like Rudolph, but it's so worth it. I mean, it was super cold, but let me just tell you, Chiefs fans, when they lose, not humble at all. <laughs> no, they're not. I have a bunch of crybabies. <laughs> well, it's not fair. Mahomes was sick, and... And Taylor Swift wasn't here. Yeah, whatever. She it wasn't was awesome. there? Who no. cares? Nope. No, no Tay-Tay today. Oh, no. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, too bad. But, hey, your Jaguars, five in a row. I know. Five in a row. This I, is insane. It's awesome. I, I know, right? Uh, they haven't lost uh, on the road. <laughs> which kind of sucks if you're, good. which kind of sucks if you're a home fan, if you watch them at home because uh you know that's their only two losses apparently so whatever yeah well and it's weird because when you see them they're, they're other home in london they're undefeated <laughs> there so unbeaten in london <laughs> uh but how about those 49ers taking a dumper again three three losses in a row I, i'm sorry oh man that. purdy's coming down to reality 
Yeah, finally. Well, you know what's going to happen now, though? The Jaguars and the Niners get uh, and the Broncos have next week off, and then the Jaguars have to play the Niners. Uh, well, I hope the I hope the Jags win. I'd like to see your team keep going because you've had to deal with a lot for a long time. So yeah, since like the founding. <laughs> yeah, so almost twenty well, you almost have five like, years. There was a couple. Yeah, it's been a while, right? Because you had Blake Bortles. That was the last one. Was um, that close? Yeah, yeah where we uh, got yeah. all the way to the AOC championship game and lost to the Patriots. So, yeah, and Tom Brady. That's a, I think this. I'd have to say today was probably the best win since Super Bowl Fifty for us. Uh, yeah, can't think of anything else in between that was worth anything. But that was pretty fun. So, yeah. so and and even the Carolina Panthers won today. So yippee! Oh, finally, they, they finally <laughs> they won't go zero and sixteen like the Lions of ninety seven. Nope. Well, it's seventeen. Uh, we're still waiting for that first team to go seventeen and zero and seventeen. Actually. Oh yeah, so, it was zero and sixteen then. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're waiting for that one to hit the mark. Anyway, we got to get to some movies here. So uh, here at the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show, we utilize this, the carefully crafted and patented Pop Culture Boom movie rating system. If it was worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it seems worth seeing in a theater as a matinee in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it seems worth seeing on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And if it is deemed so awful, you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown because FCC regulations say we can't use profanity. All right, so we got five movies coming out the week of October 30th through November 5th. And I'm just going to... uh, Throw the proverbial dart at the dart board, and uh, let's do a squealer. Squeal. Uh, Tyrese, Tyrese Gibson and Theo Rossi star in this terrifying thriller inspired by real events. <laughs> inspired by real events. When young women start disappearing in a small town, a police officer and a street smart, street smart social worker follow clues to a remote pig farm where they discover the local butcher has been bringing his work home. Enter the world of a serial killer and experience for yourself the blood-curdling horror of a film that's bound to take your breath away. Hmm. I wonder if they, if when they put inspired by the terrifying true story that they think that's somehow going to draw me in. I, I know it's so loosely based on anything factual that it's a piece of fiction, so why bother? I mean, doesn't does anyone actually think that when they see that plastered on the screen that, oh, a true story, I'm finally going to get all the details they didn't release in the press reports? No. So, if so, then I want to know who these people are. I, I got some swampland for sale. I digress. Uh, the trailer plays uh, plays it up like the whole town is in on the serial killer's killing spree, and this one small town has a booming prostitution business. Even here in Nevada, where prostitution is legal, there aren't that many in the state. Anyway, this film will end predictably, but don't take my word for it. You see the serial killer going into a meat grinder at the end of the trailer, so I'm giving it a touch brown. Tony, what's say you? <laughs> yeah, that was wonderful. That was... Uh... That was awesome there. Uh, Tyrese Gibson and Theo Rosie star. Oh, wait, I thought was the snuff. I'm a little tired. Sorry. Roman and, the, and one of the characters from Sons of Anarchy, Theo Rossi, is a bad guy versus bad guy action in an attempt to find a murderer. And they go to a farm. There's lots of action and squealing. Not the best trailer. Maybe, maybe the best one tonight, but still not enough for me to watch. I got to give it a touch brown. 
All right, Rob, what say you? Yeah, um, not even Tyrese Gibson can draw me into this one. <laughs> it was. It looked like a the worst hack of Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre I've <laughs> ever seen. And I've seen a lot of hacks. Um in, in the whole movies too, not just the not just the trailers. Um, so yeah, no, this is a touch brown. I, no, uh, well, or Tyrese Gibson. I feel bad for him that he had to do this. Well, yeah, he's only got Roman to fall on. He's yeah. character and fast. That's it. It's all you ever see him in. That's actually in the theaters. Everything else is straight. Right. All right, uh, Tony. What yeah. what what is next? Oh, we might as well follow that up and just go die on the border in death on the border. On the U.S.-Mexican border, two women risked their lives to rescue a group of young women from a sinister human trafficking network. Machete is on a mission to take down the cartel. Danny Trejo stars in this movie. He's usually always fun. So if you like him, this might be for you. The story's pretty self-explanatory. Girls get kidnapped. They try to get help. And only Machete can be there to save them and get revenge. I don't ever see myself looking to watch it. But... If I could be in comatose after work on the couch and be too lazy to turn it, I might let it play out for a little bit. So I'll be nice and I don't want to give everything a streak this week. We'll give it a blah. Wow. Okay. Just because of machete. Just because of machete. Okay. All right. A one sentence synopsis, and trust me, it's all you need for this one. Again, a film with the based on a true story tagline, like it's supposed to draw me in. But so loosely based on a true story that it no longer resembles the true story in any way, shape, or form, Danny Trujillo and Eric Roberts are together in a film trying to increase their ranking on the top ten list of actors who have had the most on-screen deaths. By the way, Trujillo (laughs) has 41 and tied for sixth place, and Roberts has 38 and sits at number eight. But the premise of this film just doesn't interest me, except to see if either of these two actors die and increase their numbers. So I'm going to give it a touch brown. Rob? Yeah, this one. Um, I didn't, I, to be honest, I couldn't finish watching the. I, <laughs> I'm a fan of Danny Trujillo, but I couldn't even finish watching this one. I was so too distracted by the other little, like, shiny, happy things happening underneath. Um, yeah, no, it's a touch brown. Oh, okay. Another touch brown for you, Rob. Boy, you're, you might be streaking this week, huh? I know, right? I'm becoming you. Streak! <laughs> I'm rubbing off on you in the worst way. <laughs> a gr- okay, next up is Project Z. A group of film students bring some bring along three unemployed actors to make a zombie movie at a closed motel in the Norwegian mountainside. Suddenly, their fiction is turned into reality when an unknown creature starts to terrorize the group. And that confusing and vague synopsis is all you get. As well as a trailer that was also just as equally vague and confusing. Uh, This type of horror genre usually isn't something I'd usually watch, uh, but it is an interesting found footage concept horror film. But man, it was hard to figure out in the trailer what was the fake film they were trying to film in the movie and the events happening to the film crew during this filming due to the meteor shower that brought in alien life formed Earth. Uh, looks like it could be an interesting watch, but with subtitles, it's hard to sell for me in the theaters. I'll wait for it to be on streaming. I'm actually going to give this one a blah. Tony, what say you? Oh, well, a group of students and friends make a zombie movie, and it looks like a movie with the intention of being horror. But it's also like a documentary of making the movie. It goes back and forth a little bit confusing. Looks like they're trying to do some jump scares along with goofiness and behind the scenes. 
And holy crow, was that my ex-mother-in-law at the end? <laughs> She's still looking witchy as ever, but this movie itself, meh, not for me. Touch brown. Okay, Rob. And don't worry, I have no, no worries that she listens to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! I have no misconceptions she's ever going to hear that. Okay, all right. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what if somebody listening right now goes and says, hey, you know what, and plays with the podcast? Hey, yeah, hey, your your ex your ex law still talks about you. Yeah, listen to this. <laughs> listen to this off their podcast. I, I just tried to find a zinger, and that was like first thing that popped in my mind. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Desi, cool. Well, if you're bitter and you know it. Anyway, uh, Rob, what do you say? <laughs> um, Actually, like this one was, looks actually pretty decent. I uh, The subtitles don't bother me. Um, I like actually like the the foreign horror movies quite a lot. Um. And this one actually looks like it's going to like fit in. It looks a little, as everyone's been saying, it looks a little confusing, but it also looks fun. Um, they look like they're having a good time out there on the set. And there's like some of like the behind the scenes where they're all in makeup and stuff. So it looks like it's going to be one of those good like horror comedy ones. So uh, definitely um, it's going to be a blah for me because I don't think this one's actually coming to theaters. I'm not positive. Me neither. Um, but it was kind of funny that, uh, you know, the, the guys uh, after that car gets hit by the meteor in front of yeah. him, he's like running down here. Like, Where are you going? I'm doing it for the Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> for the grab, for the grab. Uh, so, all right, Tony, what is next? Okay. It's time to rumble through the dark. A desperate bare-knuckle cage fighter battles to save his family, home against the strongest of foes and the longest of odds, brother. <laughs> uh, let's get ready to rumble through darkness. Two-Face, Harvey Dent is back. Don't worry, he's just learning to be a cage fighter. The story I got from this is basically a former prize fighter fell off the wagon and he's looking for redemption. He meets a girl with a really, really massive tattoo under her. It's like just right in her throat. And it's just, it's, I saw, I saw, I was like, okay, it's a big, uh, a big cat. That's nice. Uh, the fighting looks eh, pretty good, but the story seems mid and bland. And it's nice to see Aaron Eckert back, uh, but it's not enough for me to really watch it. So this one, I'm going to have to give a touch brown. Okay. Kind of a bland trailer. Touch Brown. Boy, uh, yeah. Brownski. So far, we've each had one blah, so we're not streaking this week. All right. Uh, so if you like overly dramatic, decently choreographed fight scenes done in very low lighting, then this is for you. Now, that's why they call it Rumble Through the Dark, I guess. I, I personally was turned away from this by what seemed to be, to me, to be every sentence spoken by every character in the trailer to be an attempt to hit that great, memorable, one-sentence monologue home run. But to use a baseball analogy, every swing of the bat was an attempt to hit it out of the park, but each swing was a strike. So I'm giving it a touch brown. Rob, what say you? Uh, yes, we have Aaron Eckhart becoming the new... Um, I can't even remember his name anymore. The man from Brussels with muscles. What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> man from Brussels with muscles. <laughs> I can't even remember. John Van Damme. There you go. <laughs> this reminded me of like the like the constant John Claude Van Damme movies of like the late eighties, nineties, like the, where they all were like pretty much the same, just like changed location. <laughs> um, and like surprisingly um i think he should have bulked up more if he was gonna fight that big guy at the end because there was no way he was gonna win that fight um, nope 
Not so, when he was taking that clock to the face yeah, like that. No, and, and that guy was like seriously massive. I mean, compared to him. So there's no way unless there was like jujitsu involved and he could like leverage him. Or someone. <laughs> so for to me, it's going to be a touch brown. Okay, that's the second brown streak of the night, which brings us to the 400-pound gorilla, actually the 40-ounce monkey in the room this week. I like how you put this as the 40-ounce monkey. (laughs) Not the 400-pound gorilla, just a 40-ounce monkey. Well, there's been like no real movies coming at theaters. It's hard to find a 400-pound gorilla these days. Yes, it is. There's nothing, there's not that big blockbuster. Well, you, you didn't put it on our list. I was surprised. What? Trolls, the new Trolls movie. It didn't. It wasn't it's November fourth. I didn't see it on. A, it wasn't yeah. in Rotten Tomatoes. Not when I looked it up. Maybe I deliberately. Yeah. Maybe it was some kind of <laughs> subliminal mental block. Well, I, I don't know. Because I was surprised because we, we had that weird Inspector Spider one, and then I'm like, we had the yeah. Inspector Spider, but we don't have trolls. Okay. I, I didn't yeah. see it. I swear to God, I wasn't there when I looked twice. Um, because I had to check something else out on. Oh, actually, yeah, I wanted to bring this up to you since. Uh, now we got like a, about a minute and a half. Do yeah. I have to go to break anyway? Yeah, yeah. We got to kill before the 40-ounce monkey. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, so remember Freelance that we gave yes. mm-hmm. or that we did uh, last week? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm still going to see it. Tony? Yes. Yes, you re- yes. You remember Freelance from last week? Yeah. John Cena? Oh, yeah. The one that I said I would watch it just because of John Cena? Yep. Yeah, well, everybody said they'd just watch it because it's John Cena. All right, it's had 21 reviews on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Guess oh. what its tomato meter rating is? I'm going to guess a 0, 0 for 21. You are absolutely correct. What? 0% after 21 it reviews. Looked, it did look bad. It, it looked like like when I said... You know, it looked like an early WWE Studios mm-hmm. movie. That's what it looked like. Yep. I was it, like it, it was absolutely horrible. I'm still going to see it. Chaperone with Triple H. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> but Rob's still going to go see it. I'll so. still see it. <laughs> yeah. And actually, one of the reviews, uh, Barry Hertz from uh, Globe and Globe and Mall, uh, he says John Cena deserves better, and so do we. <laughs> that was his review of it. Uh, but we're going to take this break, and when we get back, we'll talk about the. 40 ounce monkey in the room for this week which is landfill and we'll do a recap of the last four movies uh, or the other four movies that'll be coming out so don't go anywhere more pop culture kaboom radio show movies with tony sanfilippo so don't go anywhere Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And we are going over movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews. You can go and check out all of Tony Sanfilippo's reviews at Filippo's Horrible Reviews on Facebook, where he reviews concerts, movies, and television shows. And let's recap the four movies that we've covered already. Squealer. We all gave a touch browns. Uh, Death on the Border, I uh, gave it a touch brown. Rob gave it a touch brown. And Tony gave it a blah. Uh, Project Z, uh, Rob and I gave it a blah. And Tony gave it a touch brown. And Rumble Through the Dark, all of us gave it a touch brown. Which brings us to the 400-pound gorilla in the room this week, which is Landfill. 
When a little girl begins to see the ghost of another girl her, her age shortly after finding a necklace at a landfill, she embarks on a journey to help the ghost discover the, behind, the mystery behind her death. Ooh. Uh, well, now someone else is seeing dead people. Uh, weird children of the corn looking dead people, but hey, it's actually just a dead person. But she has to help solve the mystery of the dead little girl. And this is the Velma prequel we should have gotten instead of that horrible uh, cartoon that we got. But anyway, I digress. Among the various adults shown in the trailer, you know one of them is the killer, which makes the trailer look predictable. Not very scary, though he, the attempt at jump scares are there. I do wonder if an attempt at an M. Night Shyamalala type ending will be attempted, but I'm not curious enough to see this in a theater. So this would be, at best for me, a blah. Tony, what say you? Right, so it's Jimmy. It's uh, an park on a journey, ghost discovery. I had to find a way to get that in. That one wasn't as good. Okay, <laughs> I digress. Jump scare mania. Hey, it's Linda Blair. Anyone remember her? Lots of creepy gingers followed this girl home from the landfill. And now she is haunted. This is definitely not a theater-type movie. It doesn't really look all that scary, but the creepy little kids and all that might be fun for a Halloween movie. I'm really not sure if I'd watch it, but I would maybe Paul Blart it, give it about 20 minutes or so. So I'll follow you, Jimmy. Blah. All right. Rob, what say you? Uh, yeah, this looks like your typical uh, girl is haunted. And she sees ghosts, and then the ghost she has to solve. I don't know why they always get kids to solve their mur their murders, but me neither. Like seriously, like because adults never believe them, you know. Um, I don't know. It just seems way too. It kind of reminded me of like one of those TV movie of the weeks. Like, <laughs> really? <good. laughs> yeah. So to me, it, it, I just had no interest in it. So it was going to be a touch brown. Oh, oh wow! Okay. That was quick and painless. Uh, just pull that Band-Aid right off. All yeah. right, so Landfill, blah and blah from Tony and I, and a touch brown from Rob. And those are your big movies that are coming out this week, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. So November 6th through November 12th, though, has some interesting oh. ones. It's so. a wonderful knife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you, dude. Messing. Uh -huh. I love it. I said messing with you. That's all. The Marvels, mm -hmm. so there's going to be your 400-pound gorilla finally. Showdown at the Grand, Kane, and Cher. It does say Cher with a question mark after it, so I don't know is why. Is it Kane with a C or Kane with K. a K? Okay. Kane with a K. Okay. Like Kane the, the wrestler. Yeah. WWE? Yeah. The, the, I don't know. I have no idea what these movies are about, except for The Marvels. That's right. the only one I know that uh, anything about. And It's a Wonderful Knife because I've already seen the trailer. Because I just had to. Because, you know, you see that come up. It's a wonderful knife. I'm like, okay, what kind of goofy play on words I'd is this it. to It's a Wonderful Life? You know, but it is a Christmas slasher horror movie. Oh, I'd love it. So, Ooh, another Violet Night. Ooh. Okay, good. Um, kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of uh, along the same line, both, uh, I guess, verbally and uh Violet Night was good. <laughs> with David Harbour. All right, Tony. Uh, did you get caught up with everything uh, television-wise? Yeah, well... Loki, I am caught up on. All right. I did. I Ahsoka. I'm still. I'm still working. I am enjoying it, but uh, we've. I think with the hours and everything, just now getting back to a normal one, um, we were able to get at least catch Loki. So 
All right. So what do you think about that Big Bang ending of uh, the last episode where the uh, entire multiverse imploded, apparently? Kind of would have been better if that was the season finale and just left it like, what happened? And then make you wait just to tick everybody off. Um, <laughs> I think I think they've hinted around it enough where they said everything gets restarted. I mean, they rebooted Miss Minutes. uh and I think what they're going to come back to is a another part. Um, I almost think like Victor Timely's actually, you know, is like because well, in the comics, like that was a Kang just hiding and pretending because he's so he's good at being like so wimpy and getting the sympathy, you know, the sympathy to not get killed. And but he did get killed. I, he drank the spaghetti within man. Like, well, within like ten, 10 seconds. seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just but, gonna... gonna, but I think it's gonna like. Well, I guess you're right. That's, that's a <laughs> no, but I see yeah. another variant of him, like maybe of Victor Timely coming or something. Yeah, I just just but please not with that. I didn't same expect the spaghetti thing. The spaghetti <laughs> thing was a little wild. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't. It was driving me nuts. Oh my god! I was kind of glad he died, just so I didn't have to yes. hear him talk anymore. Yes. I mean, <laughs> oh. It's it wasn't even a stutter. Like it, it, it was a weird speech impediment. Yeah. Like it, do, I, oh, do it was terrible. <laughs> Partners, <laughs> my wife just going. Dude. Is there something wrong with the TV? And I'm like, no. That, that, that but that death scene though, man. That Miss Minutes was like twisted. Ooh. I like that this season. They're just like, all right, let's kill, let's kill them. Let's kill them. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. That whole cube death scene and just her little grimacing face. Oh, Ah. grimacing. She was like smirking. She was like, aha, I gotcha. Like, well, now we know why there's that big old drains in the floor there, though. Right? Yeah. That was gruesome. I mean, they didn't show it, but just the noise and the facial expressions. But. But Miss Minutes makes it, man. She's twisted. Right? <laughs> Gotta love Tara Strong. So, yeah, well, you know what? It Tara makes me Strong. wonder what's going to happen now. Is because uh, you know they were talking about bringing Ultron back. So that could be an interesting uh, combination there. If uh, you know, if Miss Minutes kind of takes over as uh, you know where Ultron left off and became or melds with Ultron in a way. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that would be cool. So that'd be cool. <laughs> I, I I'm curious to see what she gets rebooted as. You know, I liked how she turned into that. Evil, generic, just beginning. (laughs) You'll never be him, right? (laughs) Oh, she was so. Oh my gosh, and she like showed jealousy. Like, okay, you're jealous, clock. Like, I'm very. Oh yeah, that was that was weird too. Yeah, she's like, I could be real. I know that was like. Yeah, that whole like yeah yeah exactly. Yeah, it was a real boy. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird, man. It was it was like kind of uncomfortable to watch. Like what I know I'm getting vibes too. Like when they're on the boat and she's just all jealous looking. Yeah, because, you well, know, we got rid of him now. Like, we can. We, yeah, I was like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah, that's. I joked. Sure. I won't say the words I said. Like watching it with Jamie, but yeah, I was like, oh. Well, Miss Miss, she wants uh, some brown chicken brown cow. Well, that's what I said to my wife. Hey, too. y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone's jealous much. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, yeah. So there's... But I do got to say, this is definitely a, a good part of the Marvel. Like, cause 
I don't think Marvel's been that great lately, but mm-hmm. Loki, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's a fun ride. So yes, I'm, yes. I'm enjoying it. That and uh, you know, there's still two episodes left, so I yeah. mean, we'll see what happens with this. They got. I I have a feeling that how this is going to end is going to set up the Deadpool movie. You think oh, so? I really I really hope that that doesn't get scrapped or anything. I know they're on strike or something right now, so. <laughs> or something <laughs> just, just delayed, delayed or. Yeah, there's been an actor strike for 108 days. So, yeah, um, if it goes on any much longer then yeah, they're going to have to, you know, scrap everything for the summer and uh, push it towards the end of the year, I guess. I don't know. But they're they're supposedly working on it through the weekend, though. I didn't hear anything in the news about it today, which is kind of sad. But, you know, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. Did you guys? um did you already answer your Phoenix question of the week? Uh, yes. Uh, both Rob and I picked okay. Christine. I, I thought you guys might, because Christine was excellent. Um, you know, I'd never heard of the Hearst or the Highwayman, uh, but I'm gonna, I actually chose Maximum Overdrive as mine. Really? Um, See, that, one didn't, that one didn't scare me as much right? because <laughs> you can let them run out of gas. I mean, yeah, that's true. Well, it was the weird goblin thing. I was really little when I saw it. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. The goblin thing creeped me out. Now, obviously, Christine was legit because <laughs> that car. I mean, that was that was some twisted stuff in the eighties. But I, that goblin, I just I happened to see it when I was really little, and just the image of the goblin in the semi just kind of freaked me out. So. The green goblin. Looking at it now, I'm surprised they didn't get sued by Marvel the, Comics for that. But anyway. right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they did. Yeah, it looked, looked kind of like the I, devil, I had though. To think. Yeah, well, his eyes red and stuff. Yeah. But I, I hadn't, I haven't seen that in so long. But I would imagine if I watched it today, it would be rather stupid. So. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, Christine. What did I say about it? It's a, you know, supernaturally powered by the hatred of humanity. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. when you got to worry about. You know, maximum overdrive. They can run out of gas. You no, know, you know, just let them run out of gas. But that one. Yeah, it's, it's hatred for humanity fuels it. So, yeah, you don't want to be messing with that one. So, anyway, uh, we're going to be talking with, uh, hold on a second, Five Nights at Freddy's box office, all the records shattered in opening week, and all the records of what? I don't know. I, I don't know. I had two kids, so I went and saw um, million in North America. family on uh, Friday, and they dropped their boys off at the theater to go see Five Nights at Freddy's. Really? That's a Both horror kids movie. came back. Got I got double double the uh, reviews here. <laughs> One kiddo, and they're both high school kids. One high school kid, best movie he's ever seen. Ever Another seen? Another kid huh? said it was the lamest, stupidest piece of you know what he's ever saw. Wow! Seen. So you got both ends of the spectrum there with those yeah, reviews. Yeah. So <laughs> good and bad. Uh, I asked Jamie if she would watch it. She said no. <laughs> I now, she's like, you know, I don't do that. And I go, come on. It's what's his name? Fazbear or not Fozzie? Fazbear. 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 Whatever. Now, my. Yeah, it's just weird. Now, my daughter, who like enjoys video games and everything, she absolutely loved it. When and when I asked her, I said, "Did you watch it?" She's like, "Yes, I go." And what do you think? She's like, "I loved it." Okay. I watched it. It wasn't very scary, but it was a good story. It was a good telling. I liked it. They they definitely set up, you know, for sequels. But of course, um, 
I, I'm disappointed in the fact that it was PG-13 because they could have done a little bit more. But I think that keeping it the PG-13, they like... So get all the kids who watch the video games It was. It was. And they even said uh, the director was like, there's no R-rated, so don't even expect one. We made it exactly PG-13 and we're sticking by that. And, you know, so... But it was decent, you know, especially for a PG-13 movie, you know. See, and I got to watch it on Peacock. So, <laughs> see that that one's for the younger generation. I watched the older generation one. So yes, I did watch the uh, Banana Splits movie. Yes, <laughs> that was great. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I will tell you, the animatronics in this were fantastic. I bet they were. Like you can tell, like Jim Henson, because they they're the ones who did the the special effects for this, and the uh, they built the auto the animatronics and stuff. Fabulous work. Absolutely. Blew this Banana Splits characters away. Well, yeah, I'm sure like, it would. Absolutely. But well, I love that movie. I have that one, too. <laughs> and I own Willy's Wonderland. So, I, you know, I, I have them all. But See, Willy's Wonderland, is. I, I have not seen that one oh, yet. And I need to watch that you one. You have to. It's, yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's minimalist speaking Nicolas Cage at his ragiest. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting description. Okay. Um, yeah, so as far as TV, not much going on either on that front either. I mean, I'm, I, I've only been watching a really uh, Rick and Morty, which started last weekend. So, oh. how's, how's the new voices on that? I mean, the trailer, they sounded really much the same, but mm-hmm. they were just quick clips. Um, the voices are, I, you know, you would not, they have not missed beat with that. I mean, but it's so easy to find somebody who can imitate a voice nowadays anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference that I noticed, at least off of the first episode, um, it was more of a Rick-centric kind of Rick and um, uh, what's the when dad's name? It? Well, what's the <laughs> what's the dad's name? Um, oh, um, oh my God, Jerry, Jerry. Yeah, I'm sorry. So it was more of a, a Rick and Jerry episode. But I noticed that in this one, um, as far as with uh, Rick, because that's one of the voices that was replaced, he's not just slobbering as much, so they didn't have like all the weird drool stuff around no. his mouth. Okay. And, and there wasn't all the burping weird noises when he was talking. So, so he's was, not was, as drunk, apparently. Yeah, it was like he was a sober Rick, because there wasn't any of the drunk-sounding yeah. weird bodily noises that when he would like be talking, you know, he'd be talking. Yeah, you know, no, I know what you mean. Those, yeah. those, those things going well, on. Come on, buddy. Uh, we got go. Yeah, so it was uh, lacking that, so it just seemed like it was uh, easier to follow. Mm. I mean, the, but the... Um, the right terminology the 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 uh, sharp wit was still there the weirdness mm-hmm. was still there so you know i uh, had gangsters kidnapping uh, marty morty for uh selling crystals um which uh had, it was just actually ended up actually pretty funny yeah. but anyway we got to go tony we're going to have uh, uh sandy king carpenter on talking about the uh, new uh um Suburban Screams. Yes, uh, John Carpenter's return to directing with Suburban Screams, as well as the... Uh, oh, very good. And a bunch of... And it's actually her return to uh, producing, too, and her return to television. So I've got lots to talk with, with her about that, as well as uh, um, some new comic books coming out from Storm King Productions as well. So it's going to be really cool. Oh, this is going to be a good interview here. Look forward to it. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, uh, Rob, don't forget, uh, get warmed up now. Because you got to be able to hit that dump button. <laughs> she was really good on the last one, so don't even. 
learned. I you don't have to work with me. I know. Like I have to. I have to come up with really, really dumbed down words sometimes. Oh, me too. And it's a, that's why it sounds like I'm kind of stupid because I'm stumbling for the right word. No, I'm trying to self censor. Is what it actually is. Yeah, so. that, that's what I do too. When I see struggling, I'm like, oh, well, this is something I wanted to say, but I can't. Say. No, I'm not having a stroke. I'm just censoring myself. All right, sir. Uh, it is. Thank you for being part of the show. Talk to you next Absolutely, week. Absolutely, fellas. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Yeah. And if you missed any part of the show, you can check out the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on, on your favorite podcast platform. Everybody else, we'll be right back with our big interview with Sandy King Carpenter, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And my next guest uh, doesn't really need much of an introduction. She is the co-founder and CEO of Storm King Productions, the queen of horror. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, Sandy King Carpenter. And how have you been, ex- besides extremely busy? <laughs> That's pretty much been it. Um, you know, at this time of year... Um, being married to my husband is like being married to Santa Claus at Christmas. <laughs> um, so it, it gets a little intense, and and with the comic books that you know, this is our last blast of comics coming out around Halloween time uh, before we hit the end of the year. So those are the deadlines, and uh, we just had our TV series uh, premiere on uh, Friday the thirteenth. So my birthday, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a perfect birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yep, October 13th. Um, so, yeah, I was going to get into that. Uh, and congratulations, because this is your return to f- television as well, being a producer uh, for the six-episode miniseries of John Carpenter's Suburban Screams that is available on Peacock. Um, so how does it feel getting back into doing television? Well, you know, the the funny thing is... We've not stopped working through all of the strikes and COVID and all those things. Everything just keeps getting shut down. So in a weird way, I feel like I haven't been away. Um, And before that, you know, I I did the manor for um, Amazon. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so for me, it's all just a continuum. Okay, um, so you, I'm, I'm probably going to get hit with the NDA brick wall here, but uh, is this the first step to more and more frequent return to television and possibly movies on the way from Storm King Productions? Yes. Oh, I get a straight up yes. Ooh, <laughs> yay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was expecting to get, can't really talk about that. So I'm gl- I can't talk in specific about things that aren't, uh, you know, the network has it. A thing it used to be, you talked about everything, right? And then if things fell through, you just go, "Oh well." Um, now they like to to control the release of all information, but um, yeah, we do have we have things that that have all been in different forms of development and and things since before COVID, mm-hmm. and then with all of the mergers and takeovers and executives moving different places, I just sit back <laughs> and kind of watch the show and find out where we're landing next. 
Gotcha. Um, That's probably a smart thing to do. Just wait and see where all the, uh, for lack of better terminology, where all the chips fall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing you can do about it. There's no sense getting upset. Awesome. So we're going to be seeing more television shows from Storm King Productions. Yes. And more movies on the way. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and I noticed that in, every time we get closer to Halloween, everybody starts bringing up John Carpenter's name mm-hmm. more and more. Um, and and now all of a sudden, everybody is singing the praises of the thing. Um, when before, it was totally panned by critics and people were kind of, you know. Oh, yeah. Pornographer of violence, I think David Anson said. He rewrote his. <laughs> His review some years later. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, wow. I, I've always been loved that film. And uh, it, one that's close to your heart is um, uh, Ghosts of Mars. Um, mm-hmm. So I oh, just had a curiosity. also panned. Yeah. Yeah, I know I it was. Love that movie. I know that was a good movie, too. <laughs> like, I know. I, I can't understand why it was panned. I loved it. I, it's one of those that I, like, will turn on, like, just randomly to watch. And uh, here, here's another brick wall. Um, do you think now that you know more television and movie stuff is on the way, might we ever see a sequel to Ghost of Mars? That one I doubt. Um, <laughs> Rob was getting all excited. You should have seen his eyes getting all big. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. You know where else you go with that once you, you know, have mm-hmm. wild ass. Martians running around being being fought by Jason Stephan and, and Natasha Henstridge. Right. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not not sure how much further we can take that. The one. Ghost of Venus. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, we created Rob gets ten percent. Fifty five acres of Mars. Um, you know, with beet juice. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to paint that much of a gypsum mine and, and <laughs> pray that it biodegrades. <laughs> well, it's beet juice, so yeah, it should biodegrade, yeah. right? Yeah, but you know, when you sit there and you have promised um, the uh, Pueblo that that you're not going to destroy their their land, mm. and as you're driving out there, you're you're painting more and more of the place red. You just kind of go, oh God. Please let this work. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, so, and Storm King's Productions has four new comic books coming out. Um, you have a Dark and Twisted Death Mask, uh, mm-hmm. which is coming out. Uh, and the synopsis for that is uh, Detective Sonia Mazza is investigating what appears to be a series of cartel-related murders. But as the corpses keep piling up in a bizarrely gruesome and intimate ways... Maza soon realizes this is the work of a serial killer with deeply personal motives. And more dangerously, a vigilante who has mastered hiding in plain sight, taking on the identities of those we most often overlook in society in order to achieve brutal and permanent justice. Detective Maza pursues the killer at the expense of her own personal life and finds herself on a gruesome journey that will ultimately lead her, lead her to question her own feelings about justice and what it means to be good or evil. Um, so this like one... female punisher. Oh, <laughs> that, that's... Uh, I like that description. It, and it sounds like... So the death mask part of it, though, where does that come into play? That's uh, the fact that the killer can hide in plain sight. Hmm. Interesting concept. So it could be anybody, anywhere, anytime. Hmm. Theoretically, <laughs> um, there's a lot of people who society considers invisible. 
So is this a one-shot, or is this going to be a, a series? Because it sounds like it's an interesting concept. I'd like to make it an ongoing series. And uh, I think it really rocks. We had a, a, I had an idea that I took to Amanda and Kat and said, what do you think? Do you want to do this? And Amanda, in my opinion, can write anything, and Kat can draw anything. So, um, you know, we fiddled around with it and um, got it on a track that I think is sustainable to be a really good um, ongoing comic series. Well, I look forward to When does that one come out? It's out. Oh, it's out now. Okay. So. Yeah, all of these books that, that um, you've had presented to you are out this month. Okay, so if everybody wants to go and check them out, you can go to stormkingproductions.com. And uh, did I get the, that right? Yep. Storm- they can actually go to stormkingcomics.com. It's got a web store <laughs> attached to it. Or they can go to their local comic shops and uh, order them. Um, they may be on Amazon as well. So, I'm good at making them. I'm not good at remembering what <laughs> <laughs> uh, Also out is John Carpenter's Tales of Science Fiction, the Envoy trade paperback, um, which kind of collects the uh, that that story arc into one trade paperback. So you can, instead of buying the individual issues, you have the one, uh, all of them in one, one the complete big, series, thick yeah. book. Right. That one's by David J. Scow. Um he came from, uh, you'd know him from The Crow, Splatterpunk, oh, okay. yep. and um, those kinds of things. And he also was on The Outer Limits. Hmm. So science fiction by him is always, you know, pretty twisted and fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, this one, the uh, synopsis is two cutting-edge scientists race to, the, to be the first to make alien contact. One finds a golden entity that offers to cure the worst earthbound diseases. Simultaneously, the other has discovered a creature that seems more monstrous or even a ghost. It is Earth's first contact or last chance. And so inter- it was an interesting storyline. So I, I I thought it was really good. Um, and if you're really into like a, kind of a twisted horror science fiction um, this one was really an interesting one to, to read because it kind of had different kinds of uh, um, the choices that had to be made by the characters in it. I'm trying to talk about it without really talking about it, you know? Yeah, well, they have two guys have a competition that they've had since college. They, they each have different goals in life about the science. Mm. Okay. Um, next <laughs> up is John Carpenter's Tale for a Halloween Night, Volume 9. Um, this one's a, an annual uh, comic that comes out, right? It's an annual anthology of short horror stories. First one's always written by John. The last one's always written by me. And in between are all kinds of great writers, uh, like Frank Thierry. Um, oh, who else? In that? I forget now because we've it's always about 12 stories and so we now have hundreds of them we've got uh nat jones and mike sizemore and uh oh Dwayne swierzynski um sean mandrake i have the whole mandrake family tends to to uh they're all these great comic artists and writers and um they now work on a bunch of stuff for us but the idea is 
if you like just short stories and you want to curl up at night um, and scare yourself stupid, uh, the <laughs> anthology is the way to go. Um, so do you expect this one, because uh, Volume 9 is out now, um, do you expect this one to also win awards? Because this is an award-winning graphic novel series. I sure hope so. Um, it's fun to win awards, but mostly I just hope that, that uh, readers have a good time. Fair enough. Um, and this is one that um, I, I, I still think would be an interesting kind of rival, the, uh, um, oh, what is it, uh, creep show that they have on TV right now. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of needs an anthology rival. And uh, I think this would be a great one to have out there uh, either on Peacock or Amazon as a uh, anthology horror series. Hint, yeah, hint. we had, uh, we were going to do one. And we actually spent a couple of years developing it for uh, TNT, and then TNT decided to cancel its uh, um, uh, scripted uh, shows. And so we were kind of sitting there with no no show, Um, (laughs) much to to the department's surprise and uh, Paramount's surprise, our agent's surprise. And mine, basically, we all opened up Daily Variety in the morning and found out we were no longer doing a show. Oh, wow. Oof. That's... <laughs> wow. These things happen. Yeah. Um, so I I think that the way to to accommodate something like that is to, to choose one of the stories and, and build an ongoing thing around it where you can plug in some of the other stories. That would be an interesting concept as well. Yeah. Um, so, and that brings us to the last one, which is John Carpenter presents Storm Kids Stanley and the Haunted House, um, <laughs> a continuation of the uh, Stanley and the Haunted House, because I know that the, that's been done before. Uh, Stanley and his friends are sitting around a campfire eating s'mores and telling ghost stories. Bandit, being a curious raccoon, wonders if ghosts are real. He asks his friends what the, what they think. Everyone believes in them but Stanley. Well, there's only one way to find out for sure. They decide that, and that's to spend the night in a haunted house, like Bunnyborough Manor. Natasha brings her camera to take pictures of the things that go bump in the night, but it's not just bumps they hear. Will this make a believer out of Stanley? You'll have to join Stanley and friends on this new adventure to find out. Um, something for the kids. Yeah. What what I realized um, and tried out a couple of years ago was at the conventions, the kids were coming with the parents, and I only had books that were really for adults. And Aruga, um, go, oh, that's all right. They watch Walking Dead. And I thought, hell no. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but um, so we, I did a couple of, of short books. For, for little kids, and they were having fun with them. So we started Storm Kids, and there's a little division for the 4- to 8-year-olds and then the 8- to 12-year-olds and then the young adults. And Stanley is in the 4- to 8-year-olds, and basically it's drawn in a very Disney-esque uh, fashion, and it's not, they're not scary. They're fun. It's so little kids get to put their toe in the water and they get to participate when all the bigger kids are re- reading scary stories <laughs> and it kind of introduces them to the world of john carpenter at the same time 
uh, a little bit. <laughs> mostly, mostly, you know, come on, there's, you know, squirrels and uh, baby foxes and raccoons. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they uh, in the very first Stanley book, they scared themselves stupid with uh, <laughs> what turned out to be a white fruit bat. Um, so they taunt each other, and in this one, they encounter the, the uh, ghost bunnies of Bunnyboro Mansion. Okay. Well, we've got about a minute left. Uh, you were just recently at the New York Comic Con, um, so and uh, you survived that. <laughs> Every year. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is next as far as um, uh, conventions for Storm King Productions? Let's see. I think the next one, where am I next? During the next year, uh, we will be at the American Library Association down in San Diego. We will be at San Diego Comic-Con. We will be at Planet Comic-Con in uh, Kansas City. Um, we'll be back in New York. I think that's it. Well, uh, I can add another one to your list. Yeah. KaboomCon right here in Carson City. It will be the first ever pop culture and comic book convention in Carson City. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> that sounds cool. Oh, well, um, let me, uh, I'll uh, send uh, Sean all the information. Maybe you guys, okay. uh, maybe a booth can be uh, worked out for uh, um, Storm King Productions. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, Sandy, always a pleasure to have you on the show, and I'm glad everything's going well, and I wish you all much success with all your future ventures. I can't wait to hear more about some movies and television shows coming out. Um, and uh, stay healthy and stay safe. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, ha happy Halloween. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Almost forgot. <laughs> happy Halloween to you guys, too. Thank All right, you. Happy take Halloween. care. Everybody else, uh, more Pop Culture Boom Radio show coming, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. And more Pop Goes Eagle Boom Radio Show. Here's a selection from card and tabletop and video games that are coming out this week of October th on October 30th that I was able to find. And we'll read you the release information for, for each with a little colorful commentary. If you are a game maker, small, medium, or even large game company and have something coming out that you would like me to add to this list, contact me at popculturegaboom at gmail.com. Please put upcoming game in the subject line and in the body of the email, the company publishing the game, the name of the game with the press and release information, what type of a game it is. Very important. If it is a video game, also include how it is, be, how, if, how, if it is a multi-platform or a digital release and the date it will be released so I can include it as a weekly release. And first up, Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventure Deluxe, and it is a multi-platform game. As an official update expanding upon Atari's fan-favorite theme park simulator from console, Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventures Deluxe introduces 80 new rides and attractions, including some new seasonally-themed rides, bringing the total number to a whopping 200. A newly designed interface optimized for use with console controllers allows for seamless theme park development, making it a treat for all ages, the improved intuitive coaster builder lets you create wild, death-defying coasters. Uh, well, hopefully they pass safety inspection as well. That twist and turn, swoop and swirl, Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventures Deluxe 
is a streamlined and approachable version of the decade-spanning amusement park builder that has taken the world by storm, designed parks, customized rides, configure attractions, and maintain gorgeous landscapes, all in the name of keeping guests entertained and happy. Are you not entertained? I don't know. I've never been one for uh, doing uh, any kind of simulation games like The Sims or anything like that. Uh, Rob, or is that something? Is this something you? Would I play? love these roller coaster games. Really? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm like addicted to them. <laughs> now, can you set them up as like death traps? I mean, just out of curiosity. Oh yeah, you, yeah, really? you can. And they give you like statistics and all that, like how many G's that you're giving and oh. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, now, Roller Coaster Tycoon is a little bit more like you can set them up to like they can die and they'll like even tell you so and so was killed and then you start losing people. You either well <laughs> that losing was the thing. People well. The the funny thing is, depending, like, you'd get either more visitors or less visitors by deaths. So it's, like, weird. <laughs> wow. So you'd get more visitors if people sometimes, are dying on the depending, rides? Yeah, sometimes. It's, like, weird. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But then there's, like, all these other new ones that are coming out. And, like, yeah, I like the roller coaster, like, simulation games. Nice. Okay. And I like the, like, I, I like the, they call them sandbox yeah. games. I like them. So. This is like right up my alley. I was actually like looking it up, like when you were. <laughs> Eric says you need to play the game on VR. I don't have VR, and it and because I get motion sickness, um, it doesn't like I tried when it first came out. I would get very sick, very nauseous, very fast. Huh. Okay. I don't know if it's my eyes or something, but everything's like a Viewmaster. I mean, uh, Viewmaster's messed up my eyes, kind of like doing the 3D in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I could actually. Yeah, ever no, actually I do I would VR. even get sick just watching, like, because they had like Netflix in VR and like where you would sit like in a theater really? and watch it like on a theater screen, and that would like make me nauseous. Huh. It was weird. Yeah, I've I've never tried VR, um, but yeah, and I don't think I ever will now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, up next is uh, Jock Mock, the winter market board game. Uh, the tranquil city of Jock Mock has hosted a world famous market and folk festival every February for over four hundred years. But are they the same people there? The same vendors. That guy guy could be kind of creepy. Visitors from across the globe don their warmest winter gear to experience the beautiful crafts, delicious treats, and breathtaking scenery Jock Mock has to offer. In Jock Mock, the winter market, you gather your family members for a lovely trip around the merchant stalls of the folk festival. Uh, Will you focus on gathering souvenirs and trinkets? Will you enjoy the sights and sounds of winter in northern Sweden? No. That sounds like that. There's like a real live. I, I don't know where it is in Europe, but there is like a huge Christmas market. That oh, I know. Isn't it year round though? I don't know, but I know like at Christmas time, it's like huge, and like they have beautiful displays and like yeah. So I wonder if it's kind of like a the game version of that, but it takes place in Sweden. It could be, but I cannot. It imagine seems kind of boring, in all honesty. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine it as a video game, let alone a board game. I mean, but, unless you know. unless you physically get like different trinkets, but then the, even those will get kind of old, like yeah. <laughs> for replayability. Yeah, that is very true. But you know, if you're into that sort of thing, there you are. I guess if you miss like the shopping games, <laughs> I don't. Uh, Robocop Rogue City is a multi-platform game. Become the iconic part man, part machine, all cop hero as you attempt to bring justice to the dangerous crime-ridden streets of old Detroit. Armed with your trusty Auto 9, factory-built strength, years of experience on the force, and a variety of tools at your disposal, you will fight forces seeking to destroy the city you call home in an all-new first-person explosive hunt 
for the truth. You have the power to decide how to fulfill prime directives in your own way. But as the story unfolds, proceed with caution because corruption and greed know no limits. Prepare yourself to protect the innocent and uphold the law. Unless they have cutscenes from that TV show, that game show, I, I, I would not play this game. Oh, it actually looks pretty decent. I saw the trailer for it. <laughs> I know, but it's got to have that, I'll buy that for a dollar, you know, oh. in there, or else it's not worth you know, playing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> I, I'm weird that way. I, it's, it's, it's a straight-up shooter. I don't know why that would be in there. <laughs> the cutscenes, you know, to transition to the next level or whatever, you know? Oh, no. It's got to have, like, RoboCop well, Why scenes. were they in the movie then? You know, it's like, it, it, it's, it's the aesthetic, you know? <laughs> Up next, Pokemon Trainer Guest Champions Edition. Test your Pokemon knowledge with Trainer Guest Champions Edition. Just think of a Pokemon, answer the questions, and Trainer Guest will figure out which Pokemon you're thinking of. The Champions Edition celebrates champions from across the world of Pokemon, from Kanto to Galar. Guess and collect from 136 different Pokemon, each associated with a gym leader, Elite Four member, or champion. That's another one that sounds stupid. Yeah. So it's like, uh, what is that, a $100,000 pyramid with Pokemon. (laughs) Not even. It's like 20 questions. (laughs) True. Okay. Got me on that one. All right. Gangs of Sherwood which is a multi-platform through the power of the philosopher's stone. The armies of the armies of the sheriff of Nottingham. He had armies are now stronger than ever. And the people of England, he was the sheriff of Nottingham. He wasn't like in charge of all of England and the people of England. Maybe maybe they have different word. Like maybe sheriff means something different. (laughs) I I don't think so. But uh, anyway, and the people of England have never been so oppressed. Play as Robin, Marion, Friar, Tuck, or Little John. Four heroes with unique, fully customizable, playable styles and set out in search of riches to plunder as you give them to the poor. Well, you're not... Re- well, no, never mind. From Sherwood Forest to the Sheriff's Flying Castle. What the... <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's uh, gone off the deep end. The, the way forward is blocked by hordes of enemies combined to different heroes' combat styles to foil the tyrant's plans and fight performance-enhanced soldiers, affordable war machines, and terrifying bosses as you meet, as that you meet as you advance. Wow. Okay, they really went crazy with that whole uh, Sherwood Forest thing, uh, Robin Hood <laughs> stuff, didn't they? Man. Well, you know, it, it, there's always like, I don't know, like Robin's kind of one of those timeless like heroes you know but still this has gone way off the deep end i mean he was just a sheriff for pete's sake he wasn't the king of england or anything <laughs> uh, wow unless you pl- did a whole coup or uh, when i wasn't looking uh, but he wouldn't be sheriff anymore he'd be king no i just gotta find out if it's local co-op or <laughs> because right. i'm so sick of all these games that are coming out that are not local co-op you know they're all like you gotta be online and you gotta play with like people or your friends online. Why can't I play with my friend sitting next to me? Like, what happened to those days? Like, they don't do those anymore. <laughs> they're very few and hard wow. to find now. Hmm. Like Mortal Kombat's like it, you know. Like, and hmm. I want other games. Like, especially all these. Oh, play one to four characters. Great. It's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. I was like, yes. I was glad it came out on play on PlayStation. Um, what is it? 
pass. No, the pass. Oh, okay. Um, the Xbox pass. And so I'm like, yes, I got to play it. And it's like, you have to play as one with four players. You can't play as a single person and it's not local. So it's like, yeah, so you're playing with strangers and you have to have strategies. I'm like, okay, this is not a game that I want to play with complete strangers (laughs) and have to have strategies about. Unless you send them to their death. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know. But I'm just so sick of all these games where you get to, like, you have that anticipation of playing with friends, but you can't play with your friends next to you. Oof. Yeah, that, that would be a bummer. So Apple TV's gold standard of quality streaming television continues with Invasion, coming from the mind of Simon Kinberg, who did the X-Men franchise in The Martian, and David Well, who did Hunters and Citadel. This big-budget series operates as a gritty and realistic rendition of the familiar alien takeover premise, unfolding like an authentic international emergency rather than a... Leaning into the fantastical, as evident by the Invasion Season 1 finale, the aliens' arrival was just the tip of the iceberg. Invasion Season 2 delves further into this post-apocalyptic world, showcasing how humanity is straying even further from the normalcy known before they learned they were not alone in the universe. Invasion has only now just reached halftime, whatever that means. Uh, Speaking to comicbook.com, Invasion creator and producer Simon Kinberg revealed that he has plans for two more seasons of this Alien Takeover series. And he says, and I quote, I do, I did from the, I do, I did from the beginning. I had a four season arc for the show that I was building from the pilot onward. I have a structure for how I see the life of the series. We were working on the scripts, me in the writer's room before the writer's strike, and we were working on it on working on it working on it on the scripts again, now with all the hopes that because the second season was a very successful show for them, we will be back for season three. Invasion season two is now streaming in full on Apple TV Plus. Mm-hmm. It's a good show. Okay. You know what's coming out soon? That um, and it actually the trailer actually made it look actually pretty good. Is that um, Squid Game challenge? Oh, the the real the life one. Show. Yeah. <laughs> and they did the uh, um, red light, green right. light. Mm-hmm. Did you see the trailer? Yeah, I saw the trailer. That yeah. was hilarious when they were like doing that, and the old lady sitting there, and all of a sudden she gets shot with a paintball. Yeah. Gun. She's <laughs> like, oh crap. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Uh, with streamers continuously filling the void of original programming with international content, services like Hulu tried to be as accommodating as possible. Upon its August 9th release in the United States, the Korean drama series Moving, based on the Kang full popular webtoon, was only available in Korean with English subtitles and became the most watched Korean original series on the platform. The live-action series, which is available globally on the Disney Plus streaming service, will have an English dub available on Hulu in December. Starring, I'm going to try and pronounce these, but I'm going to slaughter them completely, Ryu Singer-yong, Han Wahayo, and Zo In-sung, Moving tells the story of a group of South Korean spies working to protect their superpowered children from harm and exploitation at the hands of malicious government agencies. Initially recruited because of their extraordinary abilities, including flight, instant healing, and enhanced senses, it's like the South Korean version of the X-Men. Heroes. <laughs> that too. Uh, enhanced senses. I love that show. 
Uh, Heroes? I love Yeah, Yeah. I watch that all the time. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I digress. Uh, Now with their children exhibiting similar abilities and a dangerous assassin rapidly picking off super-powered individuals, the parents must leave their peaceful lives behind to become the monsters they once were. Yeah, it totally sounds like heroes now that you put it down. Thanks for planting that in my head. All right. As they like to say, back to the drawing board. Following reports of a creative overhaul, Disney Plus's Daredevil Born Again series has found a new team. On Friday, The Hollywood Reporter revealed that Dario Scarden Payne, who, whose work includes The Punisher and Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, will be showrunning Daredevil Born Again. The report also revealed that Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead who have helmed episodes of Moon Knight and the currently airing Loki season two for Marvel Studios are set to direct all remaining episodes of Born Again's first season. Earlier earlier this fall, a separate report from the outlet dove into Born Again's fate. A production has been paused since July due to the ongoing SAG after actors strike. According to their reporting, Marvel Studios was able to review Born Again's existing footage, which covered multiple episodes, and decide they are seeking a new creative direction for the show. As a result, previous head writer Chris Ord and Matt Corman departed the series. Elements from firmly existing footage will reportedly be repurposed into the finished show, which does not currently have a confirmed release date. And on that note, it is time for the last break of the show. Again, if you missed any part of tonight's show, if you want a recap of the uh, or and want to hear the interviews that we did with Kurt Zauer and Sandy King Carpenter, you can always check out the Pop Culture Boom podcast by 97 and Now Productions on your favorite podcast platform. And we'll be back with the final bits of the Pop Culture Boom radio show after this, so don't go anywhere. Save the cheerleader, save the world. <laughs> Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, our radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And here's what is worth watching on television. The week of Sunday, October 29th. That's tonight. Yeah, at 9 p.m. <laughs> Until Sunday, November 5th at 5 p.m. According to TV Guide, I only include what I would watch, which means it has to be considered new to either network in terms of a movie or original programming, and they also must fall into the categories of action, adventure, science fiction, horror, anime, and or fantasies. Sometimes I will, I'll let a reality show slide in there if it is something I think is worth watching, like about aliens or some good supernaturals or good science stuff or robots beating each other up because BattleBots is back on again. And I like watching that. That was so much fun to watch. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. All right. Bear in mind, I do not include c- st- streaming services since you can generally binge watch the season in a day. If you have a suggestion of a show that I should add, send me an email at popculturegaboom at gmail.com. Put suggested show in the subject line and include in the name of the show, what channel it airs on, the time and day it airs, and I will add it if it fits the aforementioned requirements. So tonight, Sunday, October 29th at 9 p.m. on Fox's Bob's Burgers. Enjoy, Rob. AMC has Fear of the Walking Dead. History Channel has Toys That Built America. Always a fun series to watch. 11 p.m. on Cartoon Network is Rick and Morty. Monday, October 30th at night, 8 p.m. on USA is Monday Night Raw. On 9 p.m. on History Channel is Ancient Aliens Special Presentation. 
isn't it basically the news now? I mean, since the military has pretty much come out and said that, yeah, aliens are real. We've been visited for years. I mean, is there still debate about that? Or I think so because they haven't actually said like this is what the aliens look like. You know, like <laughs> true. Okay, fair enough. At 10 p.m. on TBS is American Dad. And then big Halloween night, Tuesday, October 31st at 8 p.m. on USA is WWE Next. At 9 p.m. on the CW is The Swarm. Wednesday, November 1st at 8 p.m. on TBS is All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. At 10 p.m. on the Sci-Fi Channel is Surreal Estate. Thursday, November 2nd at 8 p.m. on Discovery Channel is BattleBots. At 9 p.m. on Fox is Lego Masters. Then we get to Friday. Friday, November 3rd at 8 p.m. on Fox's WWE Friday Night Smackdown. At 9 p.m. on Stars is Shining Veil. At 10 p.m. on AMC is Creep Show. On TNT is All Elite Wrestling Rampage. Rampage! Saturday, November 4th at 8 p.m. on TNT is All Elite Wrestling Collision. At 9 p.m., check your local listings for creature features. In Carson City and Reno, it's on channels 191 and 193, respectively, if you have Charter. Or you can go to their YouTube channel, Creature Features, and watch every Saturday night there. And then Sunday, November 5th, there's nothing. So that is your week in television. Very sparse, um, but probably for a lot of reasons. So are you, uh, you remember the game Bioshock? Yes. All right. So Michael Green, writer for the upcoming live action Bioshock adaptation, has an update for everyone waiting for the movie. The highly anticipated project from Netflix is being directed by Francis Lawrence, who did the uh, Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So I guess if you want to see what his directing style is like, you can go watch that. Green was not able to share much, but confirmed the project is moving forward. Following the WGA strike, you have to measure your words or you'll start to see a laser pointer at your forehead from Netflix, from the Netflix legal. Hey, kind of like what uh, Sandy King Carpenter was saying earlier about uh, what these uh, TV shows or the TV stations. Uh, Green shared while talking about his upcoming project, Blue-Eyed Samurai. Oh, have you seen a trailer for that? For which one? Blue-Eyed Samurai. No. Oh, it's going to be on Netflix. It's an uh, anime, but uh, wow. Yeah, okay, that gotta, would probably be why I didn't see it. you got to see the trailer for that. And next, Netflix has been amazing about it. Uh, they were excited about it before the strike. They're excited about it now. Post-strike Bioshock was first launched in 2007, immediately meeting critic acclaim. The game of franchises set in the 1960s of an alternate universe similar to our own. Players are in the stunning underwater utopia Rapture, where the events of the game unfold. Rapture was built in the 1940s by industrialist Andre Ran, uh, who wanted a place for scientists, artists, and entrepreneurs to thrive without government constraints. The game offered morality choices with the consequences affecting the narrative as players progressed. The graphics were another factor in the popularity and success of the game. Now, I think Daddy, Big Daddy, and uh, what's that girl's name? I can't remember her name, but Big Daddy was the only thing I can remember. Mm -hmm. The guy in the um, deep underwater scuba right, suit, yeah. you know, that the, if you were in a, any kind of Bugs Bunny cartoon, would always have, you know, the character in there with water and a fish floating in front of their eyes. Anyway, uh, the game offer, blah, 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 blah process. Uh, several sequels spawned leading to a very successful franchise. 
I got called. The uh, how's it going? Coming along the minute the uh, strike was over, are you about ready? Been meeting regularly with Francis Lawrence and his team to refine a draft to go back in. Green said, "We're all optimistic. We all love it. It's a great big sprawling nightmare world we want to see real. So here's hoping. I, I here's hoping. I would love to have an update for you soon. Me too." <laughs> <laughs> So the heat, the hits keep coming for the Mission Impossible franchise. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 can only be called the COVID canary in the coal mine because it was the first production that shut down due to the virus at the at the end of February 2020. It had a hard time getting back on its feet and had a restart had to restart production several times which ballooned the budget. So by the time the film finally came out in July, it needed to go gangbusters. And it just didn't quite get there. It was a movie where half a billion is considered an underperformance. Wow. Now the eighth film and the follow-up to Dead Reckoning Part 1 has also been hit with delays. This time, however, it was avoidable because it was due to the ongoing... It was avoidable because it's due to the ongoing strikes and studios not wanting to pay writers and actors livable wages. So he just had to throw that line in there, didn't he? <laughs> These films require a lot of post-production work, so it isn't surprising that Variety is reporting that the next Mission Impossible film is moving from June 28, 2024 to May 23, 2025. That's a whole nother year. Mission Impossible 8 isn't the only film that has been delayed. The prequel film A Quiet Place Day 1 is also moving, but not by nearly as much. It is moving from March 8, 2024 to June 28, 2024, taking a spot previously held by Mission Impossible. If a fantasy comedy directed by John Krasinski, that stars Ryan Reynolds, Krasinski, Alan Kim, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, is moving from May 24, 2024 to May 17th. If a fantasy... Well, why didn't it, if, oh, if a fantasy comedy, okay, it's called if. I was confused there for a second. <laughs> as Variety notes, this gives the film more breathable room as the 24th is packed with lots of big releases like Feriosa, Garfield, that's a big release, and Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which I haven't really heard much about, but I guess it's probably going to be the last Planet of the Apes movie, probably. Who knows? I'm so done with them. Really? Oh, my gosh. The last one was just terrible. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Sylvester Stallone starred as a retired superhero in last year's Samaritan. You know what was a really big confusing thing for me? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Victor Dandridge Jr., who is a comic book creator mm -hmm. and has been on the show numerous times. He does a vintage in-house publishing, mm -hmm. uh, which is his uh, imprint. Okay. Um, and he's done all kinds of things for in the comic book world as, as an independent creator. Okay. Um, he actually had a comic book called the Samaritan. Oh, so when I first saw the trailer for this come out, I'm like the Samaritan, what? So being about a thousand other people contact him. He actually had to put out something saying, no, I had nothing to do with this movie. It has nothing to do with my franchise. Wow. Like, it looks too much like it, though. But, yeah, yeah I guess it has oh. nothing to do with it. But anyway. That's sad. Yeah. And last year, Samaritan and today sees The Hollywood Reporter confirming that a sequel is officially on the way, which will see Stallone reprising his role. Bragg F. Schultz will be writing the script for the follow-up who also wrote the original movie. Last year, Samaritan was directed by Overlord director Julius Avery, though Amazon Studios did not reveal, reveal 
if Avery would be returning. Following its release, Samaritan was reportedly the number one movie on Prime Video for three weeks, according to numbers provided by Amazon. There is no release date announcement for the Samaritan sequel. Samaritan is described. 13-year-old Sammy Clary suspects that his mysterious and reclusive neighbor, Mr. Smith, oh, that's a good name, is actually a legend hiding in plain sight. 25 years ago, Granite City's super-powered vigilante Samaritan was reportedly dead after a fiery warehouse battle with his rival, Nemesis. It really, his arch-nemesis is called Nemesis. <laughs> Most believe Samaritan per- perished in the fire, but some in the city, like Sam, have hope that he is still alive. With crime on the rise and the city on the brink of chaos, Sam makes it his mission to coax his neighbor out of hiding to save the city from ruin. Okay. <laughs> wow. I I didn't see the first one, so I don't know if it I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. But I didn't I didn't think too many people were too sprung on it. But anyway, I guess that's probably because it was on Amazon. Uh, toys in co- uh, two iconic worlds have collided with Nika as they continue to expand their Universal Monsters uh, Ever X uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line. We have seen quite a few of these uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before with Leonardo as Hunchback, Raphael as Frankenstein, Michelangelo as the Mummy, and even Donatello as the Invisible Man. But I didn't see that one. Oh, that was terrible. She, I know. However, it looks like a new wave of these figures is on the way as Leonardo is visiting a very ominous Black Lagoon. That is right. The Universal Monster film Creature from the Black Lagoon, from the Black, Creature from the Black, is embracing the ooze for, for its next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle release. Leonardo as the creature is on the way and creates a truly horrifying new monster, Creature Leo will come with a variety of swappable hands, a skeleton hand, as well as two harpoons and a baby turtle. That I don't Why doesn't he have hands like the creature from the Black Lagoon? <laughs> no idea. The entire well, the skeleton hands because they they that was what the whole premise of the movie is because they found that fossilized creature hand. So they oh we found this new life. So that's why they went back to the Black Lagoon because they discovered this. Yeah, but fossilized yeah, hand. But the, yeah, but the creature didn't have fossilized hand. Didn't have no, a he didn't. skeleton hand. <laughs> no, he didn't. But the skeleton hand is for the you know the prop. You know. The, the, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, to tie it in with the movie, I guess I have no idea. <laughs> the, the entire figure will go its get its own window package box and will be a highlight for any Universal Monsters of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collection. Pre-orders have not arrived yet, just so you know, but go to Nika.com if you want to keep an eye on that. Gear up for a showdown like no other with Mark Farland Toys' brand new Pacific Rim Page Punchers collection. We have seen both a Jaeger and Kaiju sets and now a gold label Amazon exclusive starter pack is on the way. Fans will be able to dive deep into the world of Pacific Rim once again with two comics from Legendary Comics' Pacific Rim Aftermath miniseries, giving fans who missed this series some untold stories after the 2023 film. You'll get three legendary figures with this, with this, with new versions of Striker Eureka and Gypsy Danger, as well as a battle-ready version of the kaiju known as Raiju. Kaiju Raiju. <laughs> Sounds like Scooby-Doo saying kaiju. Kaiju? <laughs> uh, the fun doesn't stop there. 
Well, yeah, actually, yeah, it does, because with the music coming up, that means that we're at the end of the show. So thank you for tuning in tonight, no matter where you are listening. We genuinely appreciate your being here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. A big thank you to our guests, Kurt Zauer and Sandy King Carpenter. Uh, with all guests on the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, Pop Culture Kaboom follows and likes them on the Facebook, depending on what options are available. So th- as they post news, it is reposted to the Pop Culture Kaboom news feed. You can find Kurt Zauer's Kickstarter for Roxy Vampire up on the Pop Culture Kaboom news feed as well. So go check that out. And go check out StormKingComics.com for all of the Storm King production comic books out there, including the four new ones that we talked about tonight. Next week, Sunday, November 5th, we'll be talking with legendary video game, board game, and VR game designer Scott Rogers. We'll be talking with Scott Rogers about his 25-plus year career in games and some of the games he has helped develop, like Pac-Man World, God of War, and Darksiders uh, in the video game industry, and Alien Fate of the Nostromo, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the game, as far as board games are concerned. We'll also be discussing games he has coming soon and are currently in development that he can talk about without violating any of those NDAs. Thank you all for your support, and please continue supporting the Pop Culture Boom by listening to the Pop Culture Boom radio show. And if you missed any part of the live show, you can go and check out the Pop Culture Boom podcast produced by 97 and Now Productions. And not only get this episode, but also previous episodes and some bonus material that will be coming soon as well. So subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also give a like and a follow to Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment Daily. And subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel for video interviews from from events we have and will be attending. On behalf of our guests, Kurt Zauer and Sandy King Carpenter, Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, KNVC, Spencer, Rob, and I, Thank you for your support. Have a great week and a happy Halloween. Don't forget to set your clocks back, clocks ahead one hour and get that extra hour of sleep on to Saturday. And we will talk with you again right here live next Sunday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time, not Pacific Standard Time, just Pacific time at that point. Anytime during the week on Facebook and email. Stay tuned for the next exciting episode of Murphy's Inc. And until next Sunday, stay safe, be healthy, and peace out, Wabbits. <laughs>